And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely. This is a time turner, Harry. McGonagall gave it to me first term. This is how I've been getting to my lessons all year. You mean we've gone back in time? Yes. Dumbledore obviously wanted us to return to this moment. Clearly something happened he wants us to change. Bonus Material Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. I'm Brian Ellison. And I'm Langley West. And this week we are gathered together for an episode number 114 on time travel movies. Time travel movies. Um, it was one of the, it's, this is one of those things that have been on our list for a while. Yeah. This is one of those episodes where I just repeat everything you say. <laughs> time travel movies. <laughs> In a constant loop. Yeah. So, uh, Brian, before we started, Brian had a good idea about uh, uh, our, talking first about our entry point into the um, genre, the the time travel genre. And, sure. Uh, Brian, since you brought it up, I'll let you go first. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I never really thought about time travel too much uh, when I was younger, but I, probably the one thing that kind of got me started and made me think about it on a serious note, was an old uh, Twilight Zone episode called uh, No Time Like the Past. And it was about a guy who was not, uh, he was kind of fed up with the 20th century and all its problems. So he goes back in time, he has the ability, he has a time machine, he goes back in time and he tries to warn the people of um, Hiroshima about the dropping of the atomic bomb, but, it, but they don't believe him, it doesn't work. He tries to assassinate Hitler, but he's not able to do it. He tries to go back in time just before World War I and um, uh, try to get the Lusitania to get out of range of a, of a U-boat, but he fails. And so ultimately he kind of learns that he can't really uh, He learns that he's time. a loser <laughs> yeah. and can't accomplish so, shit. <laughs> yeah. So he learns that he really can't change time, but he still kind of he decides, like, yeah, I'm not going to do that anymore, but he's still kind of fed up with the 20th century. So he decides to go back to the late 19th century and just kind of live his life there uh, with the idea of, like, he's not going to try to change any events. But he still has this modern history book, and he learns in the modern history book that the local schoolhouse in that town that he's in burns down, and so he doesn't want the children of the school to get injured or, or die, so he tries to prevent it, and by trying to prevent it, he actually causes it to burn down. Sure, sure. So, so, so he, he learns- decides... Yeah, so he says, like, you know what, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And the moral of the story is he goes back to the future from or his present and just decides to work for a better future rather than trying to change the past. But what was interesting to me about the episode was two things. The first was, can you, can you change past events? Can you go back in time? You know, the, old, the old idea of the, uh, the, the grandfather theory, right? If I go back and prevent my grandfather from marrying my grandmother, um, then um, I, I uh, wouldn't be born, right? But, so, but if I'm not born, then how can I go back in time and warn my grandparents not to get married? Right. And on and on it goes. 
So I, I kept thinking, like, yeah, maybe you really can't change time. Maybe there's, it's an impossibility to change time. And so I've always kind of thought about that, like, time travel movies, are they really, are they really possible? Could you really do these things? So that's when I first started thinking about it. The other thing I thought was interesting about the show was the idea, like, in time travel, right, everyone talks about, hey, let's go back and kill Hitler. But, I'm, but I've often thought, well, Hitler was responsible for the European war, but he was also responsible for the Germans losing the European war. So if you kill Hitler before World War II, perhaps you would set something else in motion. Maybe somebody who's a, a, more, mm -hmm. a better leader, a more, a more smarter military guy, and the Germans actually end up winning World War II. That's so true. I started thinking about all these things, and that's, that's when I approach time travel movies. Those things are always on my mind. That's the that's the seductive nature of time travel, right? Is that we yes we want to go we want to go back and change things. We want that, to redo. We want yeah. To, we want to redo. Yeah, exactly. And and theoretical scientists who you know adhere to Albert Einstein's theory that time is is like a river with with curves and bends in it have said you know if we ever figure out a way. We can go forward in time, but there's no way that you could go back in the, time. The it, 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 quantum physics says that you you cannot go back in time any earlier than the moment that the time machine is invented. Sure. You can't go back and go to that like makes King Arthur's yeah. court. Yeah, but from yeah. the time that there is such a thing as a time machine moving forward, you right. can always come back to that moment. Right. Well, that's where it gets really wonky because you have all well, these theories. Physics. <laughs> well, but you have these theories that people have, like like the idea of black holes, and right, which black holes, to my to my understanding, are real, but wormholes are theoretical. So if you could do a wormhole between one black hole and another black hole and warp space, and then all, that's where it gets wonky with all these theories. Right. Time changes you, as you. But it would take a lot of energy to do that, so you'd basically blow yourself up before you even yeah. got started. I was going to wait out that, but it's, this is prime for what I was going to say about this. I hate time travel movies. Okay, so... Okay, <laughs> okay I want to... Okay. Ah, the truth comes out. Yeah, no, I wish no. I would have gone back in time to prevent you from saying no, that. The reason, the reason <laughs> is, is, is this kind of paradox where, where it's always... Two doctors? No. <laughs> it's, it's the idea that, that, that by... It's the it's the uh, sound of thunder. It's the idea that these little tiny changes can affect a broader future. It, 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 it presupposes that you being there in the past doesn't change the past. Again, we, we're going to keep coming back Time. to quantum physics, but by observing well, Steve, it, Steven. by by observing an experiment, we change an experiment. So by adding a new pair of eyes on any moment in the past, you're going to change that just by you being just there. Just by being there. And that's being filtered from a severely stoned intellect. So, so okay. don't, <laughs> don't talk. Well, you have something in common with Stephen Hawking, because Stephen Hawking has this theory, which he calls the uh, chronology protection conjecture, which is basically what you're saying, in that there's there's... Oh, there will always be um, um, the idea that you that there will always be paradoxes that you cannot really time travel because there would just be too many paradoxes, right? right. It, it mm. just it just couldn't it just couldn't work. But people always respond to that by saying, "Oh, sure, you could go back in time, prevent your grandfather from getting married. You just set up another time line, right? Another, the, uni and, another universe, right? And that's the and that's the thing is right is that." depending on who you believe or what you believe, there are all these different timelines. Mm -hmm. And 
right. things, different things can be happening on different timelines. So, getting back to the, the loom of fate <laughs> yeah. wanted. Go ahead, sorry. So, getting back to your original question, what yeah. got me interested in, okay, well, first of all, uh, I'm definitely in Tom's um, ball court or wheelhouse when it comes to time travel stories in that generally I hate them. I can't stand They're them. They're just so hard They're to just pull so, off. I don't like, I, like I like challenging music or I like challenging, I, I don't want to be this challenged. It's, it's too hard. Having said that, um, the most simple time travel stories I adore because they generally involve something that I really, really like and that I had in my mind, even as a small child, before I discovered the first movie that led me into time travel films, and that is going back in time and seeing badass things that are now gone. Dinosaurs, um, the, the, the seven wonders of the world, you know, being built, that type of stuff. Uh, the first movie that introduced me to time travel would have been um, George Powell's the Time Machine, mm-hmm. uh, based on the H.G. Wells novel, um, it, which I I really and I love the novel and I love the movie both, um, even though they're they're a little different. Um, and then there was I discovered the Ray Bradbury short story, uh, as Tom alluded to earlier, um, A Sound of Thunder, and to me that is. That, that's my favorite time travel narrative of any kind. I love that story. Um, for folks who are unfamiliar with it, it's in the future where time travel is uh, a commonplace thing. And if you're rich, you can go to the safari place, which takes you back in time to prehistoric times, and you can kill, shoot and kill a dinosaur. Now, the caveat to that is they go back... And find a dinosaur that's going to die anyways. Either a big rock falls on its head. Whatever is going to happen, it's going to die. So you travel back in time to mere minutes before that happens. And you shoot the dinosaur. Therefore not affecting supposedly the timeline. Now there are a bunch of caveats in place. There is this um, floating sidewalk, for for lack of a better word, that you have to stay on. Because you cannot come in contact with any of the prehistoric world. Because of the butterfly effect, which I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think we get from that... I, you're, you're, you're mixing two things out. No, 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 no. Because the butterfly effect says that the beating of a butterfly wings in one part of the world will right. cause a tsunami exactly. in the other. Um, this, what you're talking about, is that by changing one little thing, right. it sort of echoes okay, ripples okay. through time okay. and changes And the reason why I'm mixing them up is because of what happens in the right. in, in the story, right, which right, is right. where a guy freaks out when he sees the T Rex instead of shooting it and runs off of Spoiler. The, the <laughs> it's a story written. Ah oh, um, damn and I want to uh, read that runs, too. Runs off of the side actually have read so we're good. Ends up stepping on a butterfly. Right. And that at the very end of the story, you find and out that that's that how you get Trump as president. Exactly. <laughs> that's almost exactly wow, what happens. I know, I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, here's the inherent problem is, is that you keep running into things like like fate. You know, whether fate comes into Whether hand, there's anything as predestination. Whether, right. Whether the 
as Martin Luther King said, the arc of the universe bends towards justice, does do certain things, are they predestined to happen? Sure. Was Hitler, we always use that, but was Hitler destined to happen? And if you had gone back and killed him, would you he just have been replaced with something else? Continuing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would yeah. Suron have taken over? Right. right. And the problem inherent in all of that is, number one, keeping it straight in the creator's mind, but also delineating this information out to your audience and not losing your audience in this in this trail of breadcrumbs that you keep leaving behind. Right. Um, it's well, why you, that, that's why you got Doctor Who as the Bible of time travel. I, that's where I go to get all my because uh, they have fixed points in time, right? Right. That's right. In the right. in the Doctor Who universe, there are fixed points that cannot be changed. They'll, right. You cannot undo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so I think that it um, it has become a super uh, uh, a super available sort of trope. When nothing else happens, hey, Bobby comes out of the shower and it was all a dream. It so was that's, all a big time. Well, yeah, that's one of my problems with time travel stuff is that it's so often it's used as uh, uh, a I forget what the word I'm looking for is, but a, but a cheap way out, right? It's like a miracle it's like cure for you whatever run into, you fucked up. Yeah, what if you run time. into a problem? Oh, well, we're in either either time travel or an alternate universe. Right. That's the two. That gets used it, it, primarily in TV series. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, yeah. well. Elaborate a little more on that. The 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 two. You're saying like there's usually two conclusions to a time travel story, which no, no, are no. What I'm saying is, anytime that you run into problems in a, in a continuing narrative, mm-hmm. well, you can just you can just fix it by either having some weird time travel thing happen. Or where where that guy that you killed off last season and you realize oh shit we fucked up we need him we need him, or you go to an uh, an alternate universe where things are not happening the exact same way as they did in the first several seasons. And sometimes it's not even tra- tra- I mean the thing that comes well I to think mind you kind of want you wander off the track a little bit though it seems to me with that like, you're, you're talking about things that that are not, like the Bobby Ewing thing, that's not time travel. I'm not talking about Bobby Ewing. I'm no, talking I, about Fringe and things <laughs> like that. <laughs> I well, use fringe, the Bobby okay. Ewing as an example of just something that is like you pull it out of your ass when you need to right. and suddenly it resets the, yeah. entire, the entire timeline and sort of discounts all that has gone before. But like any, like any genre, mm-hmm. well, but like any, well, yes, but that's different as well. Like any, like any genre... You have you know good westerns, bad westerns, westerns that don't make sense, good film noir, bad film noir. Sure. I mean, I think time travel movies because you guys, um, and let me ask you a question here too, because you guys are both saying because I I don't mind them, I, I kind of I get a kick out of them, but um, you guys are both saying like yeah, you really hate them. So so to I me, see. what what is what is the problem? Because there's a lot of genres like zombie movies. I mean, everyone has their built-in universe. I hate um, those too. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, it's like, well, you know, zombies aren't real. Yeah, okay, but you know, you can still have you can still have fun with it. You can still have fun with vampires. You can still have fun with no, sci-fi movies. I I I totally agree with what you're saying. There are great time travel films and I hope we talk about some tonight. Yes. But I also think that it is too often used as a as an escape clause. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you, if you it's run... It's the ejector, sheet, ejector seat for a bad narrative. Right. Like, exactly. I can get out of it at any time by just saying, oh... And I hope we talk point. about some of those tonight as oh, well. Oh, I got a bunch Yeah, of but there are plenty of time travel movies where that is not the case. Here's... Oh, sure. Here's... Right? here's Star Trek Four Voyage Home, we go back, we grab some whales, we bring into the future, everything's peachy. Yeah, I think gotta, that kind of fits into what you're saying. Yeah, but. and you got it like Star Trek to begin with, which I... <laughs> oh, so, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> oh, man. Here's the... You're like, Langley, you're the most... You're the least genre guy in <laughs> genre that I know. Um, I think that... This, the best time travel stories for me, for me, are the most simple. I mean, it's like very, very simple. Hey, I want to see a dinosaur. Let's go back in time. All right, cool. Th- that that works for me, and that's it, really. Like yeah. beyond that, I really don't. Now I got a couple here that may. Well, there, right. so, are, so we've learned that Langley doesn't like to be challenged by anything he reads or hey, watches or get talks. The fuck, get the fuck off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> that's not... I, I think that it's just... It becomes sort of something that... A narrative that should be fairly simple. It should be just going back and seeing dinosaurs. Or going forward and... Or whatever. Yeah. But there become so many moving parts... That it's it's hard to keep track of them all. It's hard to not be in in um, find well, yourselves in conflict, and it's all too easy for for a creator to whitewash everything with this. When I again, you've heard it on the podcast before, but I call it fuzzy logic. Right. It's this weird bondo that you put over wonky links in your narrative that make it kind of make sense, or at least draws the reader or their audience's attention away enough that they don't go. That makes I, no I, sense. When you, I think what you're doing though is you're you're looking at time travel movies as a genre and looking at what doesn't work, what's the worst part of it, and then you're concentrating on that well, because, because, well, like, because there's a lot. There's, that's true. There's a lot of that in there, but but that's not the whole genre. <laughs> yeah, but I got 90 minutes to fill right now. Okay, okay, right now, uh, you guys, both you guys, stop talking. I'm going to take the show from here, and then we'll get into time now, okay, travel okay. movies. But my point, my point, be, my point being is that that. I got a handful of films that I think do pass muster. Absolutely. But if yeah, someone yeah. said, give me one statement about time, time travel movies, I would say generally they don't work. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I will well, say, okay, to get the ball rolling, I'm going to say a, 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 a franchise, a series of movies, that at the very least makes an attempt to deal with these things in a kind of intelligent way, and it was part of the it was part of the narrative right from the get go, is uh, Back to the Future. Sure. Back to the Future directly talks about time paradoxes. What is the consequences of you running into yourself, for example, or running into your parents, or what you know, whatever the case may be? Or getting your swerve on with your mom. Right. Exactly. And. I thought that they did a really, really good job because they're presenting these kind of heady ideas, mm-hmm. but in a fun and entertaining way. Back to the Future um, and Back to the Future 2. Back to the Future 3 I could have done without. But those first two movies, um, I think, handle the subject really, really well because they, at no time are they trying to, to teach you. They're not trying to preach to you. You're basically in the same seat as Marty McFly, who is experiencing these things for the first time and has no more idea than you or and I do as a viewer. 
And I think that those movies do a really good job of it. Well, that's where I, I understand where you're coming from, Langley, cause, because like in a way, the Back to the Future series, they're more of a, a simple narrative, right? As sure. opposed to something really complex. And what's interesting to me, because we're going we're to talk about, I'm sure, a lot of different types of time travel movies, but when I kind of came up with my list of movies that I've enjoyed, now some of them are hard sci-fi movies, some of them are not, but the majority of them were not really hard sci-fi movies. They were comedy movies. They were action-adventure movies. Terminator, right? Time mm-hmm. travel movie, right. but it's really an action movie, right? So, and, and Back to the Future is more of comedy-adventure, right? right? Time travel is a vehicle, but it's, it's more of a, a comedy-adventure. Or and Army I, of Darkness, and right? I think yeah, and I think that yeah, that's it's a comedy it, horror movie. It's, I think so that that's when it works best is when it yeah. is kind of serving this other, for lack of a better word, other genre. Um, yeah, and many of them are romantic comedies, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Somebody yeah, goes back in time and meets some girl that he falls in love with, and and I mean even Groundhog Day, uh, right. which is a, not a sci-fi type travel movie, more of a fantasy Dude, movie. Thirteen but, going uh, on thirty. Yes. Right. Same thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, and, and that's that's the thing is, if we define, and, that, and that's why we probably should get this out there, if we define time travel movies as hard sci-fi type films that deal with wormholes and black holes and tachyons and this and that, yeah, we're sorely going to be disappointed because there's, there's a lot of those movies that don't answer those questions. But cool. if we can say... Hey, Back to the Future is fun. Groundhog Day is fun. Hot Tub Time Machine is fun. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is fun. It's like those are all time travel movies, but they are fun. They don't cause a lot of thinking. And I don't, I don't sit there and go like, yeah, Bill and Ted, you better give me a scientific explanation for what right. you're doing. Otherwise, you cannot enjoy this movie. Yeah, I, see, I don't know. I think that, that sometimes time travel itself is just a device that's put in place to get us where we need to go. For example, somewhere in time... Right. It's it's sure. there solely to get you him and the girl together. John Carter from Mars, while not quite time travel, it's kind of very similar being well, yeah. taken to another it's, planet it's, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the idea is that it's just this device, it's this doorway that gets our modern character into the connecting Yankee and King Arthur's Court. It puts them in in a time. Well, long the French gone. the French movie, The Visitors, is the other way around. Yeah. You got these guys popping up from medieval times and modern times. I think that, it, I think that, well, I think that you're right, Brian, in that, I think that you're both right, in that um, time travel, in a lot of cases, as far as films go, is a, it's an excuse for this to happen. It's not the this, the time travel itself is not the this. The this is the falling in love or the mm-hmm. this is learning about yourself or whatever it might be. Even if it's just fish out of water stuff. And and time travel is the way that we make that happen. But it's not really about the time travel. But I, I there just, are, yeah, yeah. There are, because there I think it's unfair to, to pick on time travel the way. I mean, you could say, like, there's a movie set in World War II and it's a romance. Well, we use World War II to get two people together. It's sure. a zombie apocalypse and two people fall in love during the zombie right. apocalypse. Well, exactly. it's a way to get people together. I, it's like, fine. I mean, the, the, the story, what, like Langley said, it's about the story that uses a vehicle to, to, to tell a story. Right, right. And, and, and that's often the case, and that's fine. And then you can talk about that movie in either the, um, the aspect of it being, in this particular example, a love story, or is it a time travel movie? Well, it's it's yeah. both. Well, right. what is a time travel movie? What 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 is your definition, Langley, Tom? What what 
what are your definitions of what a time travel movie is? And it, maybe we should do that and then get into some more movies. Well, it gets real fuzzy because in 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 preparation for this, I started thinking about. I don't actually do research like Tom does. I just <laughs> I just think and. Uh, <laughs> And I started thinking about, you know, there's a lot of movies that I consider rip Don't tell our podcast audience that. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of movies that I think of as Rip Van Winkle movies. And Army of Darkness. In a way, Army of Darkness is one of them. In a way, that is a type of time travel story. Not in the sense of you climb into a time machine, but something happens that allows you to skip a whole period of time whether you've been frozen or whatever whatever the case may be you ate a poison apple i don't know what it whatever it is and now you've woken up many 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 years in the future we see elements of that in like aliens absolutely aliens um uh and i had a whole bunch of examples of course before i I started okay but what what is your definition of time travel then it says are you saying that time travel a time travel movie for you if I read you correctly, is it, it can be anything in which you've either gone forward in time or gone backwards in time due to whatever vehicle that got you there, time machine, uh, uh, Apple, uh, being frozen. Absolutely. Is, yeah. is that correct? Any, oh, okay. any manipulation of time or perceived sense of time. So even though time itself may not have changed, um, if I, through whatever you know miraculous means of the, the, the scriptwriter... Um, yeah. find myself in a different time, whether it's in the past or whether it's in the future. That's just as valid as a time travel story to me as is H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, where you literally step into a machine and you travel through time. I, I, I would agree with you on that. Uh, somewhere in time, that was the guy, uh, Christopher Reeve, he just imagined himself back in time, right? Yeah, it's the same way like with John Carter. He just at the planet and right. found he himself there. Willed so it, himself onto Mars. So again, it's 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 still So your, your definition, Tom, is what? That it's very much the same. Any manipulation of time, any revisiting of time, any putting putting our, a modern sensibility in, in the past or the future. I mean, look at uh, Woody Allen's Sleeper. Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. that's the other direction where we're going now into the future. So um, or Midnight in Paris, where a guy just is walking Paris after midnight, and he winds up in twenty the nineteen twenties Paris. Right, sure. exactly, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Which was a fun, really fun movie, and did a great job with introducing us to Hemingway and F. Scott Fitzgerald, etc. It was a lot of it's fun. A very, you know, time travel is a very, and I think that this is this is why it, it, it remains um, a thing in storytelling is that it's very seductive. If you're going back in time, there's the seduction of changing things that you wish you could have changed in the past. If it's going into the future, it's looking for something better than what you have now or hoping. And in some ways, it's instilling your quote-unquote modern sense of right and wrong to the future. Look at look at. Uh, uh, initially, I thought Logan's Run, but that's not quite right. But the idea that you are these people in the future, they're so authoritarian and they, they've missed the point and it's really about puppies and hugging your grandmother and telling her wonderful. And by, through this, whatever conflict happens within the story, the Futurians come to understand that. A good case in point. Idiocracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. We're bringing our mod- our modern sensibility to a to a distorted future and bringing that back around to something that we that recognize. that movie's not time that movie's not a time travel movie. That's a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> we are living in idiocracy. Uh, right. It's, it's, I, as it's many have true. pointed out. It's but a document. So. We need that. We need that guy. We need that guy from before <laughs> the time to come and straighten shit out. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but then again, it can also be. It isn't. Doesn't have to be so heavy-handed. It could. It could just be a little plot device to get you where you need to be. One of the films that came up on my list that I, the more I thought about it, I kind of think it applies here, and that's Brigadoon. Oh, sure. Time travel yeah. just being a small thing to get you where you need to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the rest That's of it. That's a is musical, also... Gene Kelly, right? Yeah. It's a musical yeah. where that. Uh, we go deep here on the bonus. Correct me. Well, correct me if well, I'm we, wrong. We don't do our homework, as, as Langley's already pointed out. So <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. There. Is this not the movie where he discovers this town that exists only for one day? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I saw it many years ago. Great I don't remember stuff. much about it. If you haven't seen Brigadoon, go see Brigadoon. Absolutely. Um,. I kind of think of time travel in 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 a there's like a handful of ideas that are just for lack of a better word what I just call fun. Mm. Um time travel um size changing where like you shrink down sure. and now you're you know you're having to like deal with <coughs> ants mm-hmm. and things like that. Honey I shrunk the kids come to mind. Sure. Um that type of stuff it's 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 a as Brian pointed out earlier, it's a vehicle. It's a vehicle to get you to some some cool, different environment or, um, or uh, time in, in, you know, <laughs> dealing with things. You know, when you look at um, TikTok Langley, TikTok. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so when you look at something like um, Outlander, sure, right. So here we got a guy who's who's chasing this thing across the galaxy, and he winds up on Earth, right? He winds up in this Viking. Now it's not really time travel. <laughs> yeah, not at all. Other than the fact but, that you've got a future guy with some old. Guys. Exactly. Here's somebody who's from an advanced culture, an advanced society, and now is having to live amongst these essentially to him Neanderthals. Mm-hmm. That is the type of thing that I think that makes the time, makes time travel movies. Not that movie in particular, but yeah, because I wouldn't recall that a time travel. No, movie. it's not. It's not. But the point that I'm making is that you're taking someone from a completely different set of uh, knowledge and ideas and mores and putting them in something completely different. Well, and, it's, and it's also a retelling of the Grendel story, right? It's, it's yeah. A, well, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. That's that's yeah. the Beowulf story. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the the point being is that every time that you use a time travel movie, you're basically using it to set up somebody in a situation or place or time. Uh, you know, so often time travels, you know, it's like, you know, we're traveling through space and time. You cover all your bases. That I think that's really lazy writing. Um, so you don't have to end up in the... You know, I mean, technically, if you think about it, if you traveled in time, your space wouldn't change. That's one of the th- great things about the original H.G. Wells story. Right. Is that... He stays still. Yeah, he didn't wind up in Africa or some other place. He was yeah. in England the whole time, yeah, yeah, at, yeah. you know, as it changed. And so often, you, you, something like, I don't know, Bill and... 
Oh, I, okay, Kung Fury is a ridiculous example. I have Kung I'm, Fury on my but list. But I'm going to yeah, conclude Kung, Kung, Kung Fury. is great, but it's not serious, but, but it's he's great. Like, yeah. He's like, we're in the Viking era. <laughs> it's like, what does that mean? You know, two titles that came up that I, we, I, we addressed what I had said about we want to do a redo. Yeah. Um, and they're the weirdest, but they're connected in a weird way. And number one is uh, the final countdown. Right. Where a battleship gets... Aircraft time, carriers. Aircraft carriers, yeah. USS Nimitz. Into the World War Two. Yeah, it's a and, day before the attack on Pearl Harbor. Right. And, and then, it's literally for like a brief moment of time. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's they're a there battle. for a, they're, Yeah, they're there for a little bit. I mean, that that's that's the thing. They're, they're there like a day before the attack. Right. And then the other film is... Uh, I'm going to give you two titles on it. One is called Time Stream, and another one's called G.I. Samurai. It's with Sonny Chiba, where he's in a tank division, and they go back to feudal Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and it's awesome. I mean, there's scenes of, like... like Tanks going down the road with samurai on horse for horse around them. It's it's awesome. GI samurai, but it's the idea of like, hey, <laughs> what if we put a tank there? You know. Well, that's and to me that's that's probably how so many time travel stories get started. Yeah. Wouldn't it sure. be cool if yeah. a Ferrari was in the middle of the old west or whatever? It or whatever. Be. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like like Tom said about the the final countdown. I mean, I mean. It could have just, I, I don't know how they came up with the story, but it's just like, wouldn't it be cool if a modern-day aircraft carrier went back to the time of Pearl Harbor and had modern jets take on Japanese Zeros? Well, there's... It's like, yeah, there's that's a, kind of a nifty idea. Yeah, other, there's a uh, uh, a whole lockdown monster Bigfoot kind of thing to that story. That's, well, that's, also, too, that was one of Siskel and Ebert's films that they had on the dogs of the year uh, that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They didn't like it. But I, actually, I think Final Countdown's kind of a fun movie. Yeah, if you hit yourself with a shovel before you... I mean, it's got that song, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's right, I forgot. Yeah, somehow I misremembered the theme song for the final countdown. Ah, fuck, that's funny. That's fucking funny. Well, you know, interestingly enough, quick sidebar, when Langley was talking about Outlander, Mm -hmm. it's not a bad Viking movie. Oh, yeah, oh I my call, God, forget I love the, that forget movie. the space age stuff. It's not a bad Viking movie. I uh, when they first came out, I I called it Predator with Vikings. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's very it's much kind of a Predator. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it it's really cool reminded me of uh, Zuram. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Only better. <laughs> now, did, did you guys like the the final countdown? Or well, not? again, it was one of those. You know, you knew that there were like Vestron was. The logo before it right. started or something. So I just remember that and like the Philadelphia experiment always on yeah. VHS. I, I'm sorry, that's the one that was supposedly happening. The yeah, they had to go back and, yeah, yeah. and they ended up. Remember those guys got they got phased halfway through yeah, walls yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. So that's supposedly based upon real events. Right. Sure. That's, that's mm. what I meant instead yeah. of the final countdown. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Even then, they hey, were, there were alternative Langley, facts. You keep giving away the secrets. You don't need to apologize. The final countdown was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Just roll with it. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's a couple of other things. Do we, does anyone have like some titles of good stuff? Since we've been yeah, yeah. on everything. <laughs> sure, I do. I'm I'm prepared. You guys have okay, been bagging on these so, four time travel all right, movies. All right, all right. Without synopsizing, let's go. So, yeah, let's so go Time Crimes. Time Crimes is great. Time Crimes is a great this movie. This is an example of a, one of these films that absolutely works. 
Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and it uses the it uses the trope intelligently, <laughs> but yeah, but you know, I mean, beyond that, it's just a cool movie. It's yeah. just really good. Yeah, um, very convoluted, but it's still fairly easy to follow. Re- refresh my memory on that. What what what's the quick plot on that? It's Nacho Vigalondo's movie about a guy. There's a he sees a murder, and it gets he gets caught in this weird loop where the murderer is him and. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember it. You remember the artwork for it, at the very least. The guy with the bandaged face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How, uh, how old is this movie? When did that movie come out? A couple of years. I want to say... I want to say before late nineties or early two thousands. No time crimes. No, yeah, because that it, it was out like 2010, 2009, really? something like that. Yeah. and around oh, the wow. same time, what the fuck? Another I movie that of? I thought Langley, was, you've lost track of time. <laughs> <laughs> another movie that came out around that same time that was very similar, sort of in story and tone, was um, Triangle, the one on the boat with the girl. I'm mur- unfamiliar with that. Triangle is part was part of the After Dark Horror Fest. And um, I, I want to say, or one of those, one of those groups of films, like like uh, like Masters of Horror, that yeah, type, yeah, all that, that stuff, that type of, and thing. it had to do with a woman on a boat, and then there's she gets caught in this time loop that keeps repeating itself faster and faster, and, and faster that faster. is, and it's great, and that is something we were talking about earlier, is that as opposed to a straight linear time travel movie where I travel to this moment in time or that moment in time. These time loop movies, uh-huh. I think, are some of the more interesting ones. I agree. I'm, the list I have, I have things like... Donnie well, there's Dar- Looper. Looper, Donnie Looper. Darko, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge yeah. Of, yeah, um, exactly. Edge of Tomorrow is Groundhog Day. It's just with bullets and aliens. Primer. Right. Run, it, Lola, it, Run. Yeah, all of those. Yeah, yeah. They, they mention... Um, X-Men Days of Future Past, but all of that seems... They, they've gotten really squirrely with I don't the know. Time. People were underwear in those movies that didn't watch them. <laughs> we're going to get yeah, to the next some, movie some of those movies are, uh, Some of those movies are... are uh, to me, the time my, my list would fall into two categories. Movies that are well-known and that we like, that are, say, more um, audience-friendly. Back to the Tomorrow. Future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Back to the Future... A looper, Time Bandits. I think Time Bandits is Time a lot Bandits of fun. Time Bandits is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and so, but then then there's the other what I call the smaller movies of which Tom just mentioned one, Primer. Mm-hmm. Primer's yeah. one of my favorite. Primer's such a movies. good movie, and and it was yeah. made for so little money. Yeah. yeah, they made it for like a dollar. I mean, I, right. I it's yeah. it's amazing what they did. Actually, but the concepts that they come up with in that movie are really incredible. They really are. Actually, seven thousand dollars is the budget on that. Jesus. Movie. Yeah, yeah, and just for for people listening in, um, Primer is I think is, is a sci-fi movie. It's like, it's not an action comedy. It's not a romantic comedy. It's it's squarely in the realm of sci-fi. Sure. And what's rather interesting about it is that these two engineers, and I think the guy who wrote it and directed it was an engineer. Yeah. I think in, in yeah, reality, he was. you got to be. Yeah. To and and um, so so they're they're working on some tech project when they by accident discovered that they've actually created a time travel device. And so they use it to go forward in time, but not by long steps, but just by short steps to use the stock market and, mm-hmm. and, and to make trades, to make money. Sure. But every time they come back to their regular point in time, they've now created another version of themselves. And so they have all these versions of themselves around, and they're not trying to meet each other so they don't, 
cause any problems. Right. But so that it's in almost, itself it's, causes It's like problems. that whole thing we were talking about earlier with different timelines. Yeah. Right. And, and, right. But they exist in the same universe. Yes. Um, by the way... In fact, my, just a quick, quick aside. We'll come back to this later when we talk about other movies. But yeah. I think some of the best time travel movies, some of the best, the ones that make you think, are small independent movies. Not not the big one. Oh yeah, because the studio tries to make it too big. Right, exactly. Yeah. The studio wants to make it more and more and more and more mm-hmm. user friendly, whereas yeah. when you're not bound by that, you can. You yeah, who else of... got time? Kind of okay. Huh. Was the Harry Potter movies? I don't they, remember much. They did time kind of Azkaban. Um, Hermione has a time turner. Oh, that's right. And that's, that's right. You even can, that's about. right. If you listen you to can, our intro, this that's the clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go back like Azkaban. 24 hours or whatever. Yeah, they went ahead or yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, but yeah whatever, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, that, that is, I think is more... But they get it right because they, they're careful not to run into one another. Yeah. Because as we learn in they Time can Cop... see... You cannot operate. <laughs> Did I learn anything from time? Yeah, you, you two two versions of yourself can't occupy the same space. So otherwise, it creates a big gushy problem. So one of one of the the inherent charms of our show, I think, is our um, is our uh, lack of preparation. No, no, no. <laughs> our our inherent. Uh, I don't want to say ability, not ability, but our, it just uh, the the. We go off in tangents, right? I can link anything to anything. <laughs> <laughs> Brian said something well ago that is one of my weird pet peeves, and I want to know. And I, I've, I think I'm in the minority. I think I'm wrong. I think I'm wrong in this. But that is, is it by accident? Do you do something by accident, or do you do it accidentally? Both. Okay. I don't well, know. It's just why. like I do things on accident. Okay. I don't thing. know why, but for some reason, all my life, by I'm accident, English. by accident, yeah. has yeah. always driven me crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I did the thing the other day online. I asked a question about is it set it? Oh yeah, two yeah. rights or set it right? Yeah. And it turns out it's both. Well, there you go. There is no right or wrong. And again, I also you find can in, travel w- in writing, time. if you say anything with enough conviction, <laughs> people go, well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the, in the age of Twitter, you can make, up, make it up as you go along. Yeah, you can do whatever the hell you want. Oh, it's bigly possible. Or bigly possible. <laughs> 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 what? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Feel the dreams. Another sure, essentially time, not your willful. Yeah, time. I, that could fall into the category. Sure. Well, I mean, if and that's something that I, I well, I think that's something we have to address. Are we, are we as the um, surrogate for the uh, protagonist traveling through time, or are we dealing with someone else who's mm-hmm. traveling through time? In look this at, case, look that at the time the traveler's team. wife. Right, the movie, the time traveler's wife. She's she's the one constant. He's the one that keeps. Drifting in and out, and there's not many stories like that. It's usually mm-hmm. we, as the surrogate, are traveling through time. Yeah, because it's sexier. It's more. There's more to see as opposed to somebody to visit you every six years. Right. Well, yeah, to and bang you and then leave. Right. And <laughs> that's so. So Langley in Hot Tub Time Machine. Are you John Cusack or Chevy Chase? Dude, do you really think I'm going to watch that? <laughs> I'm Rob Cordry. Why not? (laughs) I'm more like Rob Cordry. I'm old, man. I don't have a lot of time. (laughs) I'm not going to watch 
fucking hot tub time hot machine. Tub time Although machine. I'm familiar with hot the time machine. But that's kind of a fun movie. You think that you would go like, oh, that sounds like a stupid movie, but it's actually kind of enjoyable. Hey, the next thing you're going to tell me to watch Pixels, all right? No, I would never do that. Well, we might be doing a show on Peter Dinklage, so you may... All right. Yeah, I'll probably still... I'll probably just Wikipedia it then. You know what? I have to fist if I've actually seen Pixels. There's a seven-year-old living in my house. Of course I've seen well, you, there's also those films that you don't get there without ta- um, ta- time travel, like Twelve Monkeys. Okay, yeah. Twelve Monkeys is a movie that I really wanted to talk about for okay. the show. Because here we have, well, we have both, right? We have the people who are intentionally setting up. We are sending you back in time, right? Uh, like Terminator. Mm-hmm. We're sending you back in time. To prevent this particular thing from happening. And he's actually sent back in time in several different uh, iterations. Because, like, remember when she sees his photograph from, like, World War One, mm-hmm. And um, so that's interesting. But we also are kind of getting it from this weird nebulous place where he's coming from. Where he's not 100% sure all the time where he is. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... What else? <laughs> well, I have... Um, have you guys seen... Because on my list of really good time travel movies, have you guys seen uh, Predestination? No. All right, Wait. Predestin... Go ahead. No, go ahead. What is that? That's a recent movie. I have not seen it. Yeah, it came out about uh, three years ago now. So it's made by these guys called uh, Peter and Michael Spirig, I guess. They're German-born... Oh, yeah, the Spirig brothers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and they did a, a zombie movie called The Undead. Undead, yeah, with, the yeah. one with the triple shotgun thing. And, yeah, not, yeah, I haven't seen it, so I, I can't speak to it. It's but, fun. But the, the basis of Predestination is really uh, kind of mind-boggling. It's based upon a Robert Heinlein uh, short story called All You Zombies, and it's about a, a temporal agent who is sent on a variety of time travel missions to find this terrorist who's always escaped him called the Fizzle Bomber. Why have I read about this recently? I want to say it. Ah, I don't know. I, I, like, uh, because that title, All You Zombies, I've always thought of as a Hooter song. <laughs> <laughs> Again, with the final countdown type reference. <laughs> and, and here recently I was like, All You Zombies, it's a fucking uh, Heinlein so, story. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Maybe yeah, I did do some research for this film, and I don't remember it's, it. It's based upon that story, but be, but there's so many twists and turns, and there's so many things that go on in that movie that I, I really don't want to spoil it for people, other than to say let me. Uh, it's one of the better, in my opinion, pre, predestination, one of the better time travel movies. It's it's a science fiction slash mystery thriller, okay. and, and it is a more of a low-budget type movie. Again, coming away from this, it doesn't have the Hollywood trappings. Sure, sure. So uh, you, you, you answered the question I was going to ask, and that was, because as soon as I heard you say it's got all these twists and turns in my mind, that immediately says, I fucking don't want to watch that. And then you said that it's really good. So yeah. so it's a good movie. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I yeah, I mean if I had a if I had a top 10, top 5 list which like in my head I kind of sort of do of, of best time travel movies. Yeah. Primers certainly one and Predestination is another. I, I, I like those guys, the Spirit Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, you I'll should put it, it on your put I, it in I, your I, I already have. Yeah. Yeah. I check it out. That's I, cool. You know, I got it, you know. I have to I have to monitor it's just not enough time. I, 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 my I, wife asked me today, if, are you going to watch 
ever going to watch Westworld? I'm like, you know, I, I, I know it's good, but I'm probably not. I well, just can't invest that kind of time in it. Well, here's something. the thing anymore that I've come to terms with, and, it, and, I've, and, and it's okay. It's okay, Tom. Okay. If, I, <laughs> if I know something's good, that's good enough. Yeah. If, <laughs> unless, unless it calls to me and says, hey, man, yeah. like this is going to make you feel like you did when you were seven. If so, so taking that to this max, you're yeah. with a woman that you know the sex is going to be good. Yeah, why bother? Trust me. But why bother? Well. It doesn't end well. Hey, let's talk about the lake house. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I wanted to answer that question. Uh, 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 okay, okay, so the lake house is... No, like, I'm really just kidding about the lake house. Okay. I just, I just I, like I waited. No, 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 it's no, no. So bad. That, no, 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 no. Reeves? That Keanu Reeves? Hold on. Reeves? Hold yeah. on. Yeah. I never Thank saw you. that movie. Okay, so it's Keanu to. Reeves and Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Um, they're like in, they're in these two different, completely different times. I think it's a difference of, <laughs> I want to say, I don't know, 15, 20 years, something, yeah. something like that. A, sm- a smoke break. They are living <laughs> in... A May-December romance. They are living in the same house at different times. At different times, yeah. and the mailbox is the conduit between them, and they they are able. Nothing is explained. It's it doesn't like an make ethereal, any sense. Ethereal, you got mail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, it, that's exactly what it is. They write letters it's back and forth to each other. Countdown. And then at the very end, you know, you find out that they're connected in some way. Like you know, his death is related to her life. Blah blah blah. Anyway. Um. <laughs> I can I totally consider that yeah, it's, a time it's travel, time travel but it's it's a different egg of a time travel. Yeah, I really didn't think we were no going to talk about the Why do, not? Do we like the movie? Do we like the movie? You, know, we, you haven't. God. What do we? What's your take it's on a, it? It's a Brian, it's a lovely little romantic comedy. It's so hard for me to talk about romantic comedies because <laughs> I've seen them all under duress and. Um, uh, out of the out of the many 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 many, um, uh, yeah, it's a decent movie. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of romantic comedies, have you guys seen Safety Not Guaranteed? Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, the guy the movie based on the Craigslist article, right? About I'm, yeah, I, 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 I want you to go back in time with me. Yeah, yeah. 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 It yeah, sounded yeah. like a like a like a. a Invitation to be roofied. I don't but. remember, but does anybody actually travel through time in that film? No, that's what's interesting because I would consider it a time travel movie, but it's a lot of setup, right? Until mm. the end. Well, the audience moves forward ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, it's 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 quite good. I mean, it's that's it's, what I, it's it's, that's it's what sarcastic. Is that Michelle funny. Gondry? Uh, who? Michelle Gondry, the director. Did he direct uh, No, the director is a guy by the name of, Col- I think his name is Colin Trevorrow. He, okay. He's the guy that co-wrote and directed Jurassic World, and he's currently working on Star Wars Episode Nine. He went from, like, little independent character-driven film to big-budget Hollywood, you know, by yeah. my Yeah, and, it, and for the people that live in the Seattle, Washington area, the movie was shot in and around Seattle, Washington. There you go. Hmm. But I, I could recommend that one. That, that's, that's a fun movie. But again, the, the time travel is not really the vehicle. It's, it's kind of right. coming back to Langley right. and his romantic comedies, but it's, it's funny. And it's also sarcastic. It's, it, 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 they do a really good job with it, and, and it's very enjoyable. Look at um, uh, another kind, kind of romantic film, Time After Time. 
Oh, sure. H.G. Wells, H. G. Wells. Uh, uh, Malcolm McDowell is H.G. Um, Wells. The other one that came yeah. in my Tracy head. Jack, Jack the Ripper in the modern day, that, yeah, at that time, 1979. Yeah, Who didn't at that time? Yeah. Um, it was before she was sullied by... Stop it. Ted Danza. Um, Trancers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're out of control on this show. That's Trancers, Trancers, there you go. Trancers is is some good... That's Heather Buckley, probably. Yeah, Heather Buckley would be able to tell us... She'd probably be able to tell us like who the best boy was on Trancers. <laughs> Heather, by the way, sidebar on Heather. Heather, they just announced some glass-eyed pics in, that she's doing, some movies she's doing um, in Entertainment Weekly. Redshirt's been kicking ass lately. This isn't Redshirt. This is Glass Eye Picks. Okay, well, it's like she's producing. It's like a real production of a. I'm not speak. Okay, well, I'm not speaking to that, but I'm speaking of of her. Um, she got nominated for a bunch features. of Rondos. Yeah, uh, her. look at her, dude. Let it go, Heather. I just picked up the Blu-ray of The Gate and the Blu-ray of One Million Years B.C. And holy fuck, I wish fuck. I could say that. Yeah. I just well, I, I hate to break up this mutual admiration society, but uh, you know, let's get back to time after time. I just want to admit, We're done on, with time on, after time. I just want to admit oh, on tape minute, that I ordered from Amazon the Blu-ray of Stone Cold Steve Austin and the Condemned. <laughs> so there. Go ahead. That's my that's my confessional of the week. Wow, wow. that's a good movie. But, I'm only but, kidding, of course. Time after time. Um, yeah, I think it deserves a little mention. That's why. Well, time after time is cool because great. somebody somebody got the great idea of like, here's the guy who wrote the book about time travel, mm-hmm. the first book that I know of, uh, other other than maybe it being some kind of magic, and um, and let's put him, you know, like let's let's treat the idea, and it, and it's kind of a, a template for what was to come later, in the form of alternative fiction and steampunk and that type of mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, I love that movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the concept, uh, for those who don't know, is Jack the Ripper gets a hold of H.G. Wells' time machine and goes into the future, which is uh, 1970s San Francisco. And uh, H.G. Wells, knowing this mistake, chases him into the future to try to stop him from doing any bad stuff. I love that stuff. Jack the Ripper and Hitler, man. They're they're, they're (laughs) not that. Right? Uh, 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 No, the the idea that you take someone real and you drop them into a narrative. Uh, Mark Frost, who wrote, helped write Twin Twin Peaks, Peaks. has these two books called uh, Six Messiahs and the List of Seven. And Mm -hmm. one of the main actors or main characters in the book is uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh, cool. And it's sort of... Dude, I love when people do that shit. Those books are... There's a awesome. great there's a great book by Greg Bear called yeah. Di- called Dinosaur Summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy yeah. shit, man. That's that a great book. If you are if you're a Kong fan, if you're a dinosaur Ooh. fan, any of that kind of stuff, um man, check out that book. It's called Dinosaur Dino- Summer. It's, it's Dinosaur great. Summer. It sounds like a uh, romantic comedy. No, dude. It's 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 uh-huh. amazing. It sounds like it should be having like T-Rexes and yeah. Frankie and Annette. Dude, it has as characters, as characters in this fictional narrative story, it has Ray Harryhausen and Willis O'Brien. Oh, wow. Who are on this expedition. Cage fighters. So if you're familiar with <laughs> our, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost uh, World, yeah, um, it's basically in the 1940s, and the dinosaurs that have been brought to the United States have have uh, been used in circuses, oh. and they've circuses have kind of gone out of. Um, phase. Sorry, I just like Tom's comment, like, oh, <laughs> it's like they've gone out of fire, 
and they're going to so, take... So, so, so this it takes old, place in the 1940s, you're so saying. The, so the old dude who runs this last dinosaur circus is like, I, you know what, I, I, I'm going to fold, but I want to take, I want to take the dinosaurs back. I want to take them back to their back home. Back to time, sure. Back to their home. Born free. Exactly. So they go to the plateau in, sure. in the Lost World, and they're going to release the dinosaurs. So of course, things go wrong, and sure. there's all kinds of drama. But if it takes place in the 1940s, they should have called it uh, Dinosaur Summer of 42. <laughs> little, little esoteric joke By there way, for people. Uh, I know. Two and two for T. There was, uh, just recently I read that they were taking, a la Jurassic Park, like real news, they were taking um, DNA from something they found encased in amber. Like yeah, that's the woolly mammoth. Yeah, they're, they're talking about bringing them back. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, I don't they think they that's a good about, idea. Okay, so Jack Horner, the guy who like gave Jack all the Horner? scientists, yeah, <laughs> or, or, <laughs> we are guy, losing control of this episode. The guy who gave all the science to uh, Jurassic Park, um, right? Is adamant. Yeah, he's about, just a dinosaur he's, guy. He's well known in that right, world. Exactly, paleontology he's, world. He's adamant about trying to to bring back dinosaurs in chickens. Like that's sure. his big. That's his. <laughs> that that's doesn't his big sound thing, crazy. Though. No, not at all. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're gonna have yeah. dinosaurs running around, dinosaur McNuggets. I want to. I, I want to see them the size of chickens rather than you know <laughs> right. the size yeah. of of what I saw today in Kong Skull Island. T Rex will play. By the way, I, for listeners of the show, you know that I'm gonna look for any reason to shoehorn in. I know. Uh, we we of, come to Kong sooner. One later. of my and favorite. I have it written down. We're gonna talk about that a little later. One of my favorite movies of all time. And that's the nineteen. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Langley. Marion C. Go... Cooper, Ernest B. Shodzak, um Willis O'Brien's amazing film King Kong. Uh, Here we don't have a literal traveling back in time, and yet we no. do. You're just. <laughs> And yet we do. Yeah. We are not, those things, those grabber things that you pick up shit off my shelf. Uh, look, these guys. Well, that, that's a that's a whole genre itself. Lost guys, island, lost right, world. These guys go to right, a place. They go to a place where time essentially has stopped, or, or for lack of a better word, evolution has stopped. Sure. And or took uh, a different path. Or right, exactly. Whatever, so right, in a yeah. sense, they're going back in time. Uh, I'm going to click some things off my list here real quickly. Planet of the Apes movies, you don't get there without it. Um, Planet of the Apes, though, being the best of the series. Can we talk about that for just a brief second? So, so uh, time travel happens in the original Planet of the Apes series a couple of different ways. There's the first way, which I kind of think of as the scientific Einsteinian way, and that's where you travel so far in space and at the speed of light where... time literally changes for you mm-hmm. and when you come back everybody on the earth is you know hundreds of years older and it seems like you've only been gone 30 years whatever you get the idea right so it happens that way in the first one where he at the end we get our final you know that that classic scene on the beach and mm-hmm. he realizes he's not on another planet yeah. he's back home and this yeah. is what has happened but it also happens in a different way when we get to Escape of the Planet of the Apes, where the apes escape nuclear war, and I've never understood this, and I probably yeah, that's what we call the bullshit way. Well, yeah, well, yeah exactly. And, and fuzzy logic. When I was a little kid, I never got it. Like, oh, did the nuclear war propel their ship back in time? Like, I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, the apes travel from this far distant future back to 1973 and hang out with Ricardo Montalban. 
Yeah, um, because remember at the end of at the end of Beneath the Planet of the Apes, right. they had the Doomsday Bomb and the they were going to blow up the world. Right, and I think, the world was the world was Earth was blown up. And if and if I remember correctly, that happened largely because Charlton Heston said, "Yeah, I'll come back and do your sequel, but I die and the whole thing is dead." Yeah, he was only for in there a short time. It's mostly for yeah. James Franciscus, right? Yeah, and yeah. then yeah. of course the studio's like, "Well, you well, die, but we ain't well. done. <laughs> we can milk some more money out of this." Uh, Austin Powers. Deals with it a little bit. I didn't see that. Dizzy's the kid things. in a weird way, kind yeah. of tangentially does it. Dizzy's the kid. If you want a good movie for you and your 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 kids, Dizzy's yeah, is there actual wait? Is there actual time travel there, or is it like he? Is he it kind of like big? It's kind of like big. He runs okay. into a version of himself. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not gonna. I, I have I mean, three checklisted. I've got Forbidden Kingdom, which cut works. The one, the Jackie Chan film. Which, sure. Dude, do we consider those... So I was talking about the Rip Van Winkle film earlier. Sure. Where, through whatever process, you, you're frozen, you're whatever, you, you wake up many, many years in the future and you're out of place. And, and, it, and, and I know that we've kind of tangentially included those, but that's it, not really time travel, is it? It's, it's suspension of time. Like you step outside the stream of it, yeah. you step back in. I guess sure. It's like you go outside your door. You went to sleep today, but you go outside your door tomorrow, and you realize it's twenty years down the road. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, that, that happened to me today, but uh, that was something I had <laughs> that this what, evening. So uh, it's what happens in Aliens, right? She's she's on ice for the right. all that time. And yeah. and in that aspect, any of that deep space stuff, to some extent, is time travel. Mm -hmm. Even Avatar. Because interstellar yeah. in a weird way is yeah, kind, yeah, of, yeah. kind of that way Are although any... in those particular instances the the idea like when ripley awakes i think it's like 50 years from yeah. from alien and, mm -hmm. and into aliens um it's it's like it, it's she's still not really a fish out of water because typically that's the fish out of water story right right mm -hmm. exactly You're off she... into the future and you don't know how to function but and in these movies that we're talking about right now we we enter into space knowing that we're going to go to sleep for X amount of years. and It's right. not like a surprise or anything. Yeah, yeah. And usually they're out in space, and so it doesn't fucking matter because the ship is the same as it was whenever you left the Earth. Right. The ship doesn't change because... Right. Yeah. Uh, Planet of the Apes was a little different in that they were only supposed to be asleep for X amount of time, but there was, you know, a fuck up, and fuck and up. now it's like ooh, way past, and yeah, right, right, right. And now right. our now the only hot girl on the ship is dead and and emaciated corpse. Right. And that movie is very cynical. You know, it was written by Rod Serling, and if you if you listen to the dialogue, especially in the first twenty minutes or so, it's a very cynical. Oh my yeah, God! Story. Absolutely. Oh, Charlton. Yeah, which is why I really appreciated that movie. Yeah, he's the the <laughs> Brian, Brian. Being a cynic myself. Oh no! Yeah, being being being, being a charter <laughs> member a, of the cynical club. He's a, I, uh, he's a that character is a nihilistic asshole in the yeah, beginning yeah, of the movie. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, but he's an explorer, right? Yeah, he's an explorer. He's out there because he's looking for something asshole, better than man, nothing. right? That's what I always like. He's like, what's that? <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> oh man, uh, I talked over my own. I was getting insulted. Uh, uh, are, there any, are there any titles like in closing? Like we want to mention? Yeah, I got a couple that are mentioned. I got a couple. Go ahead. I'll go last. Oh, you want to go first? Oh, no, right? no, no. Okay. no it's we're. There's no first or last here, Brian. It's, uh, it's, it's like the round table. <laughs> That's right. The first one that I had list circled was uh, House at the End of Time, which is very similar. It's not as good as Time Crimes. It's a Spanish film. It's on Netflix right now. Um, 
So if that's if this type of thing appeals to you, you should definitely. Yeah, if you, I, I'm unfamiliar. If you, with if you saw Triangle, if you saw um, Time Crimes, Time Crimes, The House at the End of Time, very, very, very similar. Anyway. There's a, there's a really horrible movie that I like called uh, The Day Time Ended. Oh yeah. And uh, it has That's old school stuff. Uh, well, it has some some really cool stop motion animation. It is the reason why I like it. But it's, <laughs> it's a god awful movie. So Brian, give us one of yours. Yeah, I've, I've got a, a couple of quick quest, uh, quick ones. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, the Adjustment Bureau. I would throw oh, that out there. Uh, That's sure, more yeah, of a, that. that whole thing is based on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's based upon a Philip K. Dick pull. short story. That's yeah. a good pull. Yeah. So Dick, man. Yeah, so I'd go with the Adjustment Bureau on my list as well. Um, then there's, a, a, again, a small uh, film, independent film, sci-fi comedy. It's called Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel. Yeah. And that's a pretty clever movie. It's a, a Anna Fran- Ferris plays this uh, woman who's like a time cop kind of person who comes back into a, a pub. Mm-hmm. And um, um, there's like a some type of wormhole, if you will, uh, uh, that's in this pub that allows people to go back and forth in time. It's called and it's really a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but it's very clever. It's a good and, movie. It, yeah. It, it, and, it is actually yeah. a good movie. Hey, you know, you mentioned would, uh, Philip K. Go Dick. I'm going to throw also yeah. throw out Paycheck. Oh, that's yeah, a bad yeah. movie. That's a bad but movie. A, but yeah, that's a, that's, I wouldn't. Don't watch that, fans out there. Don't, don't go see that movie. Oh, my God. Go, people, watch what you want and make up your own mind. <laughs> no, right. no, we're here to save them from wasting their time, right? We uh, all say we don't have time. Uh, so if people are going to go watch uh, Brian, a time travel movie, I would think they want to watch the best time travel movie. Uh, you agree? In, in your opinion. Has Brian missed the episodes where I talk about my ideas yeah. of film criticism yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, how yeah, I yeah. think it's bullshit? <laughs> But some, at some point, you got to separate the wheat from the chaff. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like, absolutely. You're talking about Kong. Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. And then one more. I'm going to mention one more, if I may. And this is not, by any standard, a great time travel movie, okay? But it's, it's of its time, and it's kind of cool. And it was made in 1964. It's called The Time Travelers. And uh, the guy who wrote it and directed it, his name, it's an odd kind of name. It's like Ib Melchior. Mm-hmm. And he had wrote and directed Angry Red Planet. He wrote uh, Robinson Crusoe on Mars. His short story, The Racer, is the basis for the movie Death Race 2000. And okay. he did the language, English language script for Mario Baba's Planet of the Vampires. Mm-hmm. So this guy has kind of a background. And, ba- and basically, just very quickly, it's these scientists create a time-viewing device, right? So they can, they can see into time, right? They, they can't go into time, but they can see into time. But eventually, they find a way to go into time. And they're transported to the kind of the classic trope of you're in a, a, a civilization which has been wiped out, but there's like an underground city that's still kind of civilized and uh, because Earth has been devastated through a nuclear war. Um, and the ending is really, so I don't want to give anything away, the ending is just really cool, very different, very unique for the time. And I, I, when I saw that movie many, many years ago, I'd never seen an ending like that in a film, and I was really kind of impressed by that. I think the movie became the basis for the TV show, The Time Tunnel, by the way, too. So, so I put that out show. there if you can find it. Uh, time the Time Traveler. A, time Tunnel was a great show. I used to love that as a kid. And a lot of that stuff is up on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it might, in some ways, if this is fair to say, it might be the more intelligent, though, the Irwin Allen TV shows in the day. Agreed. Because they at least addressed the whole paradox thing. Wait. Yeah. The only thing was they never changed their clothes. 
Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, well. and, and they all they seem to communicate no matter what era they were in. Are you saying it's more intelligent than Lost in Space or Land of the Giants? I hey. am saying that, Langley. Yeah. I'm definitely hey, saying that. I got Lost Land of the Lost down here. As well. Dude, Land sure. of the Lost kicks ass. In, hey, if you got dinosaurs in anything, you, I'm kind of already there. Okay, yeah. so, well, and that brings up a good point, though, is that um, Land of the Lost is one of those kind of time-space travel things, right? You, you fall through a wormhole, mm-hmm. that type of thing. It's almost, while I like those because it makes it uncomplicated, it's almost kind of a, it's a cop-out. Sure. Because then you can kind of say whatever, because we really don't know. Any, it's it's magic. It's the magic thing that gets you to Living it's, Island. It's John Carter what, willing himself yeah. onto Mars. Do you yeah. know what, anybody Living Island? You know how much? No. <laughs> it's our puffin no. stuff. You know. I, I hear crickets. I hear crickets. You know how many times as a, as a really, as, I don't know, eight, year old, I went out and looked at the full moon. Or tried to will yourself. I'm going to say maybe uh, 51 somewhere. times. 51 times in my a lot more oh after ninth grade when I started smoking. <laughs> <laughs> now I look out the window all the time. It's like, okay. why is Langley in the yard naked? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, Derry. He's, uh, uh, he's dancing in the moonlight in someone else's skin. He's trying to get to Dejathoris. <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, blah. TMNT three three where they, they go, go back, back to, Japan, to feudal Japan, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, that, I think that that's a good example of what I consider like simple, uncomplicated. The idea is you take somebody from this period and you put them in that period and you don't fucking worry about mm-hmm. paradoxes and or different, yeah, any, any of the real science. Yeah. Um, um, I'm finishing up my list with names like the jacket. Sure. Which is which is trippy. Yeah. Which is really trippy. which is really trippy. Um. And uh, Free Jack. I got Free Jack written down. I've got. I don't remember the the plot for Free Jack. I don't either, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just Which probably it means there. it's not that good. Probably well, not. Free Jack didn't that have like Mick Jagger and uh, yeah. Emilio Estevez? Right. I, I remember Mick Jagger, but so, I don't. Re- I don't remember much else. So I, mean. I guess in closing. Well, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. He got to talk about his movies. Okay, go ahead. I'm going to talk about go ahead. one of mine. This is a movie that was never made. <laughs> <laughs> and hence it's stepping outside of time. <laughs> right. Uh, in the 70s, Jim Danforth was working on this movie called Time Gate. And it was... This, I've heard of this. Uh, basically, it was the idea of like... Um, it was kind of like Sound of Thunder. You, you, go, you, you would go back in time in this... Uh, safari type thing and they had cool you know you flew around on these hovercraft or there's this crab walking machine whatever and he was actually able to get enough money to start making the movie but it unfortunately was never finished but all the guys that you know from ILM all the guys that brought you all the the special effects magic of the 70s 80s and 90s um, were all involved with it it's it the uh, production art is fantastic there's a script I wish someone would uh, get a hold of that and and, and finish it, put or... the screws to it, yeah, uh, because it it really I, I, as a as a dinosaur kid, I was like, oh my god, yes, yeah, that please, would be great. yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, using the Langley J West theorem, even though I haven't seen it, I know it's going to be good. So sure, I, I, don't, I don't I don't have to see it now. They're still always going, as you said, you know, if they ever make that, it. If there are dinosaurs, the little boy in me is like. 
Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. We're good. We're good. Yeah. We're good. Because you, you know it's going to be fun. You know that kind of that kind of group that it, you'd have a fun movie there at the yeah. least. Absolutely. So real quickly, did why you catch Brian, Brian giving me shit there? I, yeah. I caught it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, no. I was saying there's like you know it's going to be good. It's got good people in it. It's got got dinosaurs. You don't no, have to I see would, it because you know it's going to be good. I would love to see someone like um, Christopher Nolan do a time travel movie because he seemed to be able to keep the balls in the air with things with uh, I I don't remember no uh, that and, and the other one um, in, Inception, Inception. I, I, I want to tell not that it's time travel but there was a lot of narrative going on yeah there. there's a lot of and, and alternate things like mm-hmm. dream within a dream within a dream he, he, he could handle something complicated like that right I'd like to see that but I, I think that it's a good it's a good genre. I just think that so often people jump in and for, they get they find themselves in too deep a water. For that matter, this is not a time travel movie, but if the idea of how of different time narratives mm-hmm. uh, is interesting to you, um, I can't imagine anybody who hasn't at this point. But if you haven't seen speaking of no uh, Memento, oh yeah, yeah, how yeah, time yeah, yeah, oh yeah, traveled in that, yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, that's very interesting and 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 very. Uh, fun and satisfying actually agree christopher nolan always makes movies that even if some of them are not as good as others they're always interesting yeah absolutely Absolutely. he's like uh aronofsky right that way yeah even when he he kind of stumbles it's still super cool although i don't know about noah man well noah (laughs) no no i want to think that he owes somebody money i'm with i'm with uh, langley on that one well you know i on one hand i on one hand i was kind of like oh good for him he's not following the you know the necessarily biblical narrative or he's following it literally and so we get things like there are giants in the earth and yeah. when you when is, we get to rock giants which is I kind of silly i i tap well out. early on have you seen it yeah okay so I, it was it was on do you remember early on where where he runs across this critter that's been wounded or something mm. and you're like what the fuck is that thing it's like half reptile it's like some weird mythical so from that moment on it's like oh i'm in a completely different place yeah. this isn't necessarily the noah of that i know from the king james version well also too i often wonder because we we've, we've touched upon this before in other shows but when you take um a director that we all like and has pretty much had autonomy to do what he or she wants to right. do and then you give them a big hollywood production how much of, 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 of are they involved and how much are they not involved? And I, I'm always going to err on the side like you, you see a certain direct John Woo, right? You get John Woo American movies and he's having trouble. But mm-hmm. I don't blame John Woo. It's, it's, I think and that's just right. interference. I think well, go ahead. I was going to say it works, it works two ways. One is that guy who's like, okay, now he's bought into the Hollywood machine and actually Hollywood makes the film using his name for, yeah. for lack of a better word. Um, but I also think the other happens, too, where it's like, hey, you're the guy that made us millions of dollars, whatever the right. fuck you want, and there's nobody there to say no. And I think that that results in a bad result, well, you, too. You also have to figure that, especially let's use John Woo, where Hong Kong cinema has its own culture and its own sort of cast of people that get used. Right. Bringing him to America, you get him... But mm-hmm. you don't get his DP, and you don't get right. the rest of the people that are in the chain. And it's, it's a different way of doing things. And I also think Americans' cinema—they constantly want to hedge their bets. They, yeah. they, we don't get look many at, auteurs anymore. Look at Sukiyaki Western Django. Yeah. Right. So, in theory, 
I, this is going to be the greatest movie ever made, right? Uh, if you're if you're of a certain, it, yeah, it's, it's a fun movie, but <laughs> ouch, but it's <laughs> doink. I I think that any time that you take these guys, and it's uh, here's what's really interesting, and maybe the only the way that 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 it might be marginally related to time travel, and it's not at all, is that. Here are guys that are making movies based off the American movies, the American classic films. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like the the British invasion being influenced it's by the your blues. Disney. Yeah, and then, but it becomes something else through their eyes. Spaghetti westerns, western becomes something completely different. Sure. And then if you so somebody says, hey, let's take um, Sergio Leone and let's bring him to the states and make a movie here. It's not going to be the same. It might be as good because he's that good of a filmmaker, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the same. And I think that yeah. that happens. Well, I, th- I think, though, with Tsukiyaki Western Django, two things happen. One, Takashi Miyake brought his own sure. production company sure, and sure, money, sure. resources, and he also had Tarantino in his pocket. Right. Now, Tarantino just has to blow on a film when it gets made. Right. So I think that that's sort of one thing. Um, but the but sometimes, idea... too... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say, sometimes, too, it's not even someone who comes from a different uh, uh, culture or a different country, right? A guy that I've mentioned before, you take a guy like David Ayer, who's done Harsh Time, Street Kings, End of Watch, Fury. He's got a, he's got a hard-ass, gritty street style. Right. And then, like, hey, we want you to do Suicide Squad. Well, if you, let, if you turn David Ayer loose on that, you're going to get a different movie. And I don't think they turned him loose. It's like, we yeah. want that kind of gritty style, but we really don't want that kind of gritty style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so yeah. you kind of get boxed in to turn I, I I would look at Suicide Squad and not know that that's his movie. Absolutely. By the way, here recently, um, <laughs> go ahead. Here recently, uh, Leica Film CEO Travis Knight um, was awarded uh, a live action film from Hollywood, and it's a Transformer film based on just Bumblebee. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 strikes yeah. me absolutely fucking insane. And, and, and partly because I have friends who work at Leica, and they're all nervous now, you know? So, like, does that, does that mean we're going away? What does that mean, yeah. you know? Um, I, so know I, I think it's natural for people to, to, to move on, and it doesn't mean that he's going to turn his back on Leica. I, I can't imagine someone that does stop motion would ever turn their back on it, because yeah. if, he, if he was going to... He'd have done it. He wouldn't have done it. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. I think the lure is just too strong. I mean, everybody. It's like you can be great in the minor leagues, but if you get a chance to play in the big leagues, you got to take your shot, right? Yeah. And so I think I think Hollywood for guys like John Woo coming back to him for a second, like, hey, this this is the be all end all of films. But that's the funny thing. I need to take my shot here. But that's the funny thing. Look, let's continue with John Woo, where you've got all of these great films. He bring they bring him to America. He makes a couple mm-hmm. of what might be called flawed films that people seem to enjoy. And and it should be that he went when he went back to Hong Kong. It was with his tail between his legs. But then once he was back in Hong Kong, he made Red Cliff. Right. Which is arguably yeah, which, is, I think which is makes my film. theory that I think it's just Hollywood interference. It's not yeah. so much the director. Well, it's I just that with, he's. It's just thing. I think with David Ayer, that's a, another example. It's the Joss Whedon thing with the Avengers, where they just they yeah. just want me, wanted me to make the trains run on time, but right. ultimately it was their vision. Their, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I, you 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 do something that attracts their attention. You, you get their attention. They want you because of the attention that you attracted. But then they don't really want you to be what attracted to 
to them in the it's first like a, place. Right. It's like a girlfriend. It's all great uh, <laughs> until they're not in control. Yeah. And then it's, yeah. 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 And that's why you get things like supposedly uh, Mangold and um, Jackman with Logan, they were purposely keeping the studio yeah. away from them. Yeah. Like, we're not going to show you or do much of, show you much of anything what's going on. You just have to trust us. Uh, for me, the classic example of this type of stuff is Jackie Chan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, who was brought to the United States to make Battle Creek Brawl, which we know as Big Brawl, which mm-hmm. is a really bad movie. Yeah, bit parts in Cannibal Run yeah, 2, yeah. I think. And and then he goes back and he makes the best shit his entire yeah, career. Yeah. 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 All, right. All right, so I guess we'll move on. Time travel movies. Time thumbs travel. Across the board. I'm going to say a qualified thumbs up. Yeah, it just it's, they're just hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah Brian, right? I think people will say that you know, we we have our misgivings, but ultimately we recommend it as a genre. We there's we pulled out plenty of films that we liked and enjoyed. Absolutely, so, absolutely. You know, so I, I I agree. Thumbs up. All right, uh, let's go. Let's, uh, I got some some di- some people died this week. Yeah, and uh, some of them are pretty important. Number one, I want to mention Fred Wine- Weintraub. Yeah, producer sure. produced uh, Enter the Dragon. Enter the Dragon. Tons. Speaking of, of the big brawl. Yeah. He he also made it. He made it. Uh, it was him and and well, who was the director of the Big Brawl uh, of uh, End of the Dragon? You had Fred Robert Klaus. Robert, Robert Klaus. Okay, so they were a team. They were uh, a director producer team. And uh, shortly after um, End of the Dragon, uh, they made a, a fantastic film called Golden Needles with starring Joe Don Baker, and it is great. Hmm. And if you like. I'm writing that a down. certain a certain type of seventies cop slash and it's not really a martial arts film, but there but but it's taking place in Hong Kong. You see many of the same actors mm-hmm. that you saw in Enter the Dragon, even like some of the old men and stuff, you'll recognize those faces. Oh that's cool. It's um, like man from Hong Kong. Yeah, same it's thing. check it out, it's called Golden Needles. It's about uh, the smuggling of something through this uh, uh thing. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> time travel. These time acupuncture travel. and acupuncture oh, thing. So okay. that's essentially what it's about. Right on. Uh, Dave Valentin, no one knows that name, but he was a flautist and a good one. Jazz player used to play under Dave Grusin's label. Um, cool. And uh, cool, he died. <laughs> yeah, it's not no, cool that he I mean, died, Langley. Yeah. Uh, Ron Bass of the WWE died. Valerie Carter, who's a mu- musician and um, one of the Carter family. And uh, Robert Osborne, the host of A&E's... Yeah. Uh, and Bill Paxton. AMC. And No, we, we got Bill Paxton last we, week. Did we talk oh, about you did? Bill okay. Paxton. We could yeah, talk yeah. for an hour about Bill Paxton. And Paxton, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Paxton... Um, uh, Robert I Osborne, I, it, like, you know, it, it wasn't like somebody I knew, but I mean, like, I, I always in enjoyed he, his work. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. To me, yeah. he was like... Um, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but it, anyway, yeah. Peter Graves did the job before him, right? Exactly, and it's, it's and someone that was, would introduce you to movies. It was an old dude who was in your house that was telling you about this cool movie, yeah, 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 yeah. and and knew more about it than you did. Absolutely, and he would have guests on, and and yeah. uh, on the show they would bring in people like uh, Gilbert did a week there, sure, where where this actor comes in and programs films for the week. And yeah. It's, Cool. Once in a while, I'll see somebody like him, right? And I'll and I'll say to myself, "Man, is that a cool job or what?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? Is that is is that just a cool job or what? And you right? know, and you can tell the guy loved movies too. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, 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 One of the cool things about Turner Classic Movies that I 
that I like is that they 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 have they use the same yardstick mm-hmm. for uh, what some would consider campy horror films. King Kong is measured by the same yardstick there as Citizen Kane is. Absolutely. You know, and and well, I read an article that they said that they one of the deals that they had in the establishment of that channel was to the the parent corporation like we're just going to do stuff like schedule stuff mm-hmm. and we're going to program stuff and you're going to you need to just leave us alone on this. Yeah. And it became a real haven for good. You know, cinema yeah. Fans. The only problem I had with them in the beginning is when they were colorizing all the black and white movies. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, but I don't think that wasn't him, right? That was now it's Turner. But supposedly, yeah, but still, it was on their network. Right. Now that he was on Gilbert's show and he was talking about how the colorization, he was saying now that when they have a choice, they go for the black and white. Well, now now that everything gets released on Blu-ray, you can have both versions. Absolutely. I, yeah. I have, I don't know how many Ray Harryhausen black and white films in color. And fortunately, uh, Ray was really happy with it. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, that's exactly what it was supposed to look like. And, and just a quick sidebar, Langley, um, I, I think, with all due respect, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think King Kong is, the original King Kong, is in the same category as Citizen Kane. Absolutely. Seriously, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's a great movie. It's better. It's, it's, it's better the, than it's better than the J- Peter Jackson movie, in my opinion. And, you know, I'd and, say it's better uh, than Citizen Kane. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's an argument you can have, but it's but it's definitely up there yeah. and, and deserves to be up there. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I don't remember. All what right. I was say. Uh, first reviews are in on this new Netflix Iron Fist thing, and and they're not they good. Are not good. It looks. Uh-oh. It looked dumb. Yeah. It it looked generic. It looked it like should WP. Yeah, it yeah. shouldn't have been. Shouldn't should have been something as as epic as. I know nothing else. about Iron Fist, so I, 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 I. You know, it's kind of like the the. It's a lot of master of kung fu thrown in. It's sure. a lot of kung fu. Right, thing take the pebble from my hand. It yeah, came yeah, out at yeah, the yeah, same yeah. time. I yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. in a in a in a weird ironic way, the the character is a Caucasian character. Yeah. But people are upset that they didn't cast an Asian character. In the no, people are stupid. Yeah, it's a, you know, you know, look. I mean, take that battle when the battle is just like right. with the with with uh, Doctor Strange or or, or uh, Ghost in the Shell. Right. But that's just dumb. The character is. That's just it. Doesn't have to. In the, in the, the comic w- book, is the character? Yeah, the character is a Caucasian. Yeah. Yeah. So it's by, by the way, do you guys like Into the Badlands it's, as far as its martial arts are concerned? You know, I've not checked it out. But Daniel I, Wu. I've been paying more attention to it. It's cool. I like and it. And they're bringing in a lot of different styles. It's yeah. not just all... like. Yeah, I mean, it's very and, simplistic. Yeah. The story is... The narrative is very simplistic, but yeah. the martial yeah. arts are pretty good, I think. I know nothing about it other than... It's on I, Netflix. There, there are... First season's yeah. on Netflix. Okay. There are also yeah, on and Netflix. It's, it's only like six episodes, too, so yeah. it won't cost you a lot of time if you wanted to check it out. Also on Netflix, um, Sundance That's Channel's just... Happen Leonard series, just uh, Lansdale thing. Dude, I'm so excited to, to check that out. And, but there was like some... Wasn't there something done like last year? Was it like a pilot episode or something? No, there was an entire season last year. There was? Yeah. Okay. Season one is on Netflix, and season two, where they're adapting Mucho Mojo, they're... Um, so much of what I get, I get on disc, and, I, yeah. and I've not seen it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. have to look it up. Yeah. Um, let's see. First pictures came out today. Every time we had an article from Thor Ragnarok. 
Yeah. Uh, the look of it was inspired by, of all things, Big Trouble in Little China. Okay. Uh, there was a picture of Jeff Goldblum that was on my feed. If you right, saw him with, with a little silver thing. Little silver chin. thing and this weird sort of pompadour thing going yeah, on. Yeah. Dude, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've always thought, I, I mean... The only thing about that film that looks like I will keep next to my heart is... Cape Blanchett look, is looking really Dude, good in this, this the film. The Thor movies. Very gothy. And the very, Thor very, movies to me just... Not well, even the movies, the, but the, the Thor comics. The I'm second like, Thor... This is a superhero? Like my my gonna, wife turned to me halfway through it, and she goes, this feels like a chick flick. I'm yeah. Like, well, I guess, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Wait, but, do I want to... What, what, what problems do you have, Langley, with Thor? Thor movies or Thor comics? What problems do you have? What if I, what if I worship Thor yeah. as my legitimate god? Am I not supposed to get upset that it not, he's a comic book character now? It's like it's Jesus like, Man. It's like Jesus Man, exactly. Like, but, but don't you don't you want the word of your God spreading to the mass audience? Not not as filtered through Stan Lee <laughs> and Jack Kirby. Yeah, exactly. Steve, <laughs> Steve Ditko doesn't know about fucking. So no, I, okay, I, so I don't think I, he worked on Thor, but uh, whatever. My hey, he was yeah. a <laughs> whatever, whatever that whatever. guy. The point being is those that fucking artists. That's it's just it's just dumb. I it's I can't talk. Well, you're about not a, generically movies. you're not a fan of the no. comic book. Did movie. you know Hercules was a fucking superhero too for Marvel? Yeah, yes, of course. Jack yeah. Kirby. In fact, Thor Thor Battle Hercules. He's ready made. Big ass stupid bands on him. It's like what sure. the fuck is ready made? It drove me nuts. Um, Ridley Scott, within an interview with Entertainment Weekly at South by Southwest, says that he's he's kind of circling the idea of Gladiator Two. And yeah, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, and yeah, uh, Russell Crowe died in the first film, but Ridley yeah. Scott assures us that he has a way to bring him back. <laughs> that sounds to me like bastard. Because uh, the Gladiator actually takes place in the Alien Prometheus universe, and. Yeah. Yeah. That just sounds to me like a filmmaker who, at the end of a long day, wanted to fuck with a journalist. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, and you know, I kind of wonder about that. He's the type of guy. Yeah, that just sounds it. like someone fucking with someone. Yeah. Because well, I'm, you can make a movie with him, you know, while he was a Roman general. Sure. Right. Yeah. Or he earlier. Whatever. Yeah, that's I, my point. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. a Roman general. He got to that point, and then he ran afoul of the emperor, and he turned into a gladiator. But I. I mean, yeah, and then you can make a sequel in the he same. He had a whole career era. prior to. Yeah, right. The, yeah, the yeah. That's what you're movie. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you can also do. You can also deal with the after effects of Gladiator. It doesn't have to have Russell Crowe in it. But the fact right. that he would still have a way of bringing him back outside of. Yeah, that just sounds uh, not like it's a prequel. Nonsense. Yeah, just either yeah. a prequel. I, I think or more nonsense. and more people screw with the media these days too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, especially in South by Southwest, you'd be getting interviews for four days straight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Terry Gilliam's The Man Who Killed Don Quixote just started filming. Thank God. With uh, Adam Driver from uh, Star Wars and sure. uh, Jonathan Price. Okay. Jonathan Price makes sense. As yeah, he could, he, could, he could pull it That makes out. absolutely yeah. sense. Yeah, like he's perfect. Yeah. Um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost talk about they wanted, they're going to do another film together. Good. They describe what they want to do as uh, one of two things, ghost huntery. Or a monster of the week. I I hope they, I hope they do monster of the week. Yeah, I'm kind of in on that. That would be that would be either so cool. one of those things, and I'm kind of in yeah. on that. I'm absolutely um, ghost huntery. Yeah, like one of those. 
Paranormal. No, no, I just, I just, I like the phrase. We're yeah. talking so, so about I'm, making up phrases, like ghost huntery. So, right. just judging from that, I'm, I'm getting the feeling of a series. Well, they, com- they said the Cornetto trilogy was a trilogy. Right. And so maybe this is another one. Maybe. Or, or, no, or, I mean a literal television series. It's like space. Oh, well, isn't that what, uh, isn't that kind of what, um, have you seen, IFC's doing a thing called Stan versus Evil? With Dana Gould. No, but there's also Supernatural, and there's also, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's all those shows. Yeah. X-Files I hear, started. I hear uh, the, the one on IFC is really good. Yeah. Stan vs. Evil. Um, they announced on Tim Burton's, I can't believe I'm saying this, Tim Burton's Dumbo. They cast Eva Green and Danny DeVito, because Will Smith, someone smart talked to Will Smith and said, you don't want anything to do with this. Clearly. And now they've got Eva Green, who is not who does for, everything, who does everything, and Danny DeVito, who's just willing to do anything. Yeah, and I think it it kind of works. I imagine him being like the circus owner, or something. I I see. To me, it all it doesn't make any sense at all. I I still don't know if it's an animated cart. It's it, live action. It, it's, we're get we're gonna get get uh, used to that idea. From the looks of things, God. Disney is saying. Across the board, all of their animated classics, they're going to be done all of Jungle Book. And, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this one they're doing that's going to be live action? Dumbo. Oh, oh Dumbo. Dumbo. Okay, Dumbo's yeah. going to be It's directed by Tim Burton, uh, so Dumbo's going to be emo. And, God. Yeah. Yeah. It's It just sounds horrific. It does. Um, <laughs> it does, it does. Emo. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Brad Peyton... <laughs> who directed um, San Andreas, and he directed this upcoming Rampage movie, which I still don't know how they're going to pull that off. Uh, he's, he, they, they signed Jason Momoa. So now, immediately, it's high profile. Um, there's a video game called Just Cause mm-hmm. um, that they're going to do. Now, the reason why I'm bringing it up is that Just Cause is fucking cool, and it's cool because the main character has a deployable and retractable parachute that literally lets them fly okay so you've got someone parachuting or parasailing Mm -hmm. literally through villages and through jungles and through cities and able to retract it land fight 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 he jumps off it's batman essentially um i don't know if it'll ever get made because momoa could price himself out of the market or or rampage could could tank but i think he could or he could really need a Payday once Aquaman tanks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, so there's that. Justice League, not Aquaman. He's in, he's Aquaman. Yeah, that's yeah, that <laughs> they were there he goes banging on those superhero Star Wars, movies. Star Trek, whatever. They uh oh, they, oh, don't get me started. They released that footage of, of Aquaman underwater yeah. um, on Zack Snyder's birthday and it looked great. Okay. It didn't look dopey, it didn't look like some guy holding his breath. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, Do you think people are tuning us out now to watch uh, to watch uh, Walking Dead? <laughs> no, no, because they don't hear us tonight. They yeah. Oh yeah, oh that's it's, right. Yeah, it's Sunday as we record this. <laughs> that's right. This is not live. What this am is, I thinking? This is what we do instead of watching the Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, a bunch of trailers got released, and so we'll go around the uh, round on these. Sure. First one was the Charlize Theron movie Atomic. It's Long. Theron. It's Theron, Theron my whatever. friend. Darren. Uh, well, uh, well, okay, get her right. Uh, Atomic Blonde. I'm uh, definitely in. I'm like, you know, it looks like any other action movie to me. I'm in. Yeah. She's, I, I'll say she she looks hot as fuck. She uh, does. Uh, 
but it looks to it feels like uh, an attempt to do a female John Wick. Sure. It feels yeah. very. I said to my wife, I go, it feels very salty. Like well, if you ever saw Salt with Angelina Jolie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. The, and and the and the only issue I have with that is I don't think she's put in the hours that Keanu has. For the fight scenes, because the fight scenes look really stiff. Well, they just yeah, they they're Brian. Fine. We're going to change Brian's mind. On they're fine, you know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fine, in. but they, I, it's something I haven't seen oh, not a million times, a hundred times. It's all boring. Yeah. The other thing that yeah. always gets me on this stuff is, but it's with it's with a hot chick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen that before, have yeah, we? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, we did. It's Charlie's Angels, but uh, um, yeah, no, I'm just joking. Uh, I always have a problem with. A hundred and ten pound woman decking a two hundred and ten pound man. I don't have a problem with that at all because that's part of the fantasy for me. I want to see the little, yeah, I want to see the little kid beat up the big guy. Sure, okay. in, in almost every movie, but um, I just you have to in, if you're going to do that, you got to make me believe it. Yeah, and yeah, the, I think they did that in Haywire with yeah. Gina Carano. Right, like right they used right. a certain high a fighting style that you could see a woman doing that. Absolutely, to a guy. and yeah. and in this particular trailer. Um, I didn't see that. Yeah, the the Gina Carano fast bender fight yeah. in the in the in the yeah. bedroom is yeah. great. Well, you, it, and that's the difference uh, between hiring a martial artist who can act as opposed to uh, an actor who may or may not yeah. have you know martial arts skills. Although, as you pointed out, with the right people, you can make anybody look like they're sure. Yeah, I, I agree. And is it just me? It seems like all our well-known actresses will be playing two things. They've ever done it, or they will be doing it. They'll either be playing a witch, some type of witch in a movie, mm-hmm, sure. or, or they'll be playing some type of female assassin. Yeah. Female, uh, well, you know, CIA. I finally hit it on the head with the word fantasy. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it is. That's, that's a fetish. It's a, not a fetish, but it, it yeah, is. Well, it's a fantasy. Well, I think I think it qualifies as a fetish. Sure. There's a certain. Sure. You even get you even get Helen Mirren handing handling guns, and I like Helen Mirren. Right? And Helen it Mirren, was fun to watch really, her. I was going to bring her up yeah. whenever you said that. Actually, yeah. Yeah, it was fun she's watching her great. blow people away. Yeah. And and believable. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. she's she's got good gun discipline. Yeah. And, you know, Absolutely. And she's played a witch. There you go. Dude, Long Good Friday. Helen Mirren. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the next trailer was The Assignment. It's the new Walter Hill, Michelle Rodriguez thing. Yeah. I hate this thing with every fiber of my being. Um, I think it's ex- an example of somebody trying too hard. It's like, what's the, what's the idea? What's the, what's the yeah, thing? It should be called Reassignment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it should be. The thing that gets me is a couple of things. Number one, it's it's uh, it's a story that if if you're going to do it, it needs to be handled fairly adeptly. Mm-hmm. And when I think of adapt, and I think of sensitivity about a, an issue that's very real to a lot of different people out there, you don't think Walter Hill? Walter Hill doesn't make any sense hey, at all. He's like the worst. You know, and I have to admit, because uh, you you sent these for us to watch, mm-hmm. and I watched it. In, in, until you just told me right now is Walter Hill when you said that I'm like what yeah right yeah. so I'm I'm surprised and how, how many more times are we going to see Sigourney Weaver as the bitchy villain you know she's she's going to well, be the bitchy as villain many times as we see Robert De Niro as the smug uh, formerly <laughs> you know badass wise guy yeah 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 by the way wasn't it didn't Walt wasn't Walter Hill there was a film some years back um, called Johnny Handsome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? Wasn't yeah. that Walter Hill? I want to say. I don't know. Yeah, because it, it was the same idea about a guy who he he has he's 
he gets plastic surgery, well, and he's and he's a new. He's, well, remember Switch with yeah. uh, Ellen Barkin. Remember Face Off. Face. Well, yeah, it's different. Well, yeah, that was a yeah. different thing. That yeah. that you know, this was either a. Uh, you know, you're talking about the, the gender swapping. The gender swapping. Right. But but yeah. for me, in this movie, it, it's being used as a gimmick, just as Face Off used. Well, it's an excuse to put to, to let Michelle Rodriguez be really butch and sure. wield guns and be a badass. But I, but and, it's and, just... And it's I understand why... So, and, I, and, and I'm cool. Like, you know, make, make whatever movie you want. But I can understand why some people are upset. I just feel it's really tone deaf. Because why can't Michelle Rodriguez just be a badass exactly. without being right? Or, well, they well they bring well because it instills that whole like I'm going to revenge you for cutting my dick off, right. and, and whatever else. <laughs> and it's it's like it just I mean it's like making it's like it's essentially making uh, it's a, a weird an, an conceit. Action. Yeah, it is a weird conceit, it is, and it exactly. feels like you wouldn't do that. I mean, this is this is a, a situation. And being it's not, transgender affects people for right. real, and it's not just something that you can glibly use as yeah. a way it to turn almost, your narrative. It, it's distasteful. The, the, yeah, and the it feels a, it feels more than a little exploitive. Um, I can't imagine John Hill being sympathetic to that cause at all. Walter and, Hill. Walter. I'm Hill. sorry, Walter. Walter Hill. Hill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other film, uh, the next film is a thing called the Transfiguration. It looks like a cannibal vampire thing, right? Yeah. Um, a black protagonist. Yeah. Um, it reminds it me... It has of, kind of that let the right one in vibe, though. It does. It? Yeah. It does. That yeah. or maybe The Addiction. Yeah. Or yeah. one of those other things. It's kind definitely, of an art film. Definitely a smaller, character-driven, indie-type film. Um, so if you like your vampire films served up with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think the original title was Mini Blackula. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, it's here's the thing. It's kind of like Mar, a, 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 a urban Martin. Yes, that's what <laughs> yes. it looks like to me. By the I way, don't know. I mean, you, you get because I don't know when you, you when you say that, I it makes sound, it sound like it's, it's like it could be a comedy. It, yeah, it sounds like. Oh my god! I just no Martin being the George Romero, not yeah, Martin. Martin oh, Martin. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally misread that. It's like what? <laughs> like okay. And I, right. I never. And you feel so white when you go. It's urban, but yeah. Anyway, all right. Um, the next one was the void. I'm kind of. I don't know what to make of that. I don't even know what that is. It's just like bad, just mad craziness. Here's my take on the void: is it's it's made like so many of these things are now. It's an excuse to give you something. Now, whether the vessel, you know, whether the the device that brings that to you is any good or not, I don't know. You can't tell from the trailer. But they're giving me freaking. Practical effects. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. giving me tentacles. They're giving me all There's this blood kind of, all over the yeah, fucking place. It, it, this cool shit. So whatever comes with it, I'll take. Yeah, I, I can't tell if it's going to be good or not, uh, but I'm checking it out in April. It, yeah, yeah, it's coming to a local theater. Even I'm excited right. because the guys who made it are little guys. Like the biggest thing they ever made was Manborg, which I love. <laughs> yeah. by the way, um, and. Uh, and they raise this money through Kickstarter, and 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 so many times, yeah, you you raise your money through Kickstarter and you get your movie made, and then you're selling your DVD at conventions and out of the back sure. of your car. And these guys actually got somebody to talk this movie up, so I'm I'm excited for it. Yeah, uh, Brian, it con- it confused you or no? Well, I like you guys said when I, I watched it, it has it has enough of a look 
uh, where I found it interesting, but I, I don't know what to make of it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Atomic Blonde, okay, I think I get it, right? right. The assignment, There's I think I get, much, Transfiguration, yeah. I think I get, but The Void's like, I, I'm not sure where we're going to go with that. Yeah. But it didn't turn me off. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it looks very, very, very Lovecraft. You know, it looks like there's cult, yeah. cultish elements. And then yeah, if it's possible to get you on a look, it got me on yeah. a look. Good, cool, awesome. Unlike this next movie, which I have a little bit of a problem with. Oh, I have a lot of a problem with this. It's a, a comedy called Rough Night with Scarlett Johansson and Kate McKinnon. And the way I described it to, to my wife was Very Bad Things meets Weekend at Weekend Burns. at Bernie's, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, girls and and with a little of the hangover thrown in i i have yeah zero i have negative zero desire to see this film it looks horrific and yeah. i can't understand one why why scarlett johansson got involved uh-huh and why kate mckinnon <laughs> got involved other than she wanted to do an aussie accent yeah. because it looks ridiculous yeah it looks like that there's a movie uh that just came out now called fist fight sandra O. Oh yeah and, yeah and hey yeah yeah, I make this makes no sense. I have to assume that these movies and and when I say these movies, these these comedies that I generally don't like are really cheap to make, mm-hmm. and somebody owes somebody a favor. That's well, I'm sure yeah, it that, might sound like I'm sure this movie got pitched like, do you like bridesmaids? Yeah. Well, we're going to do another one of those. Yeah. And never realize that by the time it all comes to fruition, that time window is closed. And when and when you see a star who you think might not be doing this type of movie, they might be sick of their shit and they might say, I want to do something. It could different. also be it could also be a thing like, hey, they were filming in St. Bart's. I wanted to hang in St. Bart's yeah, yeah. for a month. Yeah. You know, you yeah. Work, okay. I wanted to work with this cinematographer. I wanted So there there I'm sure there are reasons. Yeah. And one yeah. of those, I'm sure, is a nice paycheck. But. It's like when Malcolm McDowell and Peter O'Toole decided to make a movie called Caligula. I mean, like that. We saw the script, and uh, well, we didn't know they were going to do this. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like, what the hell happened? Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Spacey, last year in Nine Lives. Right. Why? But I, yeah. I would guarantee you that if you didn't have some of these names in this Rough Night movie, I, I would think it would die. Oh, it would be straight video. Right? Because, yeah. like, yeah, I think if you're going to go see this movie, you're going to go see it for the people in it. I think the same people are going to go see this as go see Amy Schumer movies and well, Melissa McCarthy movies. Well, funny you should mention that. I was going to bring this up later, but it is it is exactly that. I yeah. just saw the new Amy Schumer Netflix special called The Leather Special. Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so bizarre and so unfunny. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a certain type of audience that just loves it up with yeah, a spoon. Just, just stuff up, yeah. yeah, like um, uh, Sarah Silverman used to have a show on TV that was very bizarre. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was kind of amusing, but you really it wasn't for everybody. Right, 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 right. The, the Amy Schumer special is, it's from from minute one, you just see, it's like watching someone fall downstairs. Hmm. Or as I said, someone, it's like, it's like a watching leather sausage hit a brick wall because mm. she's poured into this leather outfit, mm. sleeveless, that is completely unflattering. And the entire time she's telling her jokes, all that's, you can but think that's part of her shtick, isn't it? I guess. Like I'm gonna own it. I mean, when when within the first five minutes you hear like, you ever you ever woken up from a blackout and had a guy going down on you? It's like no, <laughs> no one here has. Um, at, later in the special, she talks about um, me and Bill Hader were being interviewed by Entertainment Weekly, and this funny thing happened. It's mm-hmm. like no one can relate to that. Yeah. Um, 
Why did I bring that up? Rough Night. It's that same vein of comedy that, right. that all of this springs from. Yeah. Um, wow. Sorry. Kind of went off on a that's rant a, there. I'm not sure. New Wonder Woman trailer. And um, I think it looks good. I hear their rumblings that the film is, has had its trouble. Um, I'm kind of in. I, I don't know why, but I'm in. Okay, when I first heard about this movie, I'm like, I don't care. It's a comic book movie. Then I saw that it was taking place during World War II, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'll watch World it. World War I. Oh, is it World War One? Okay. Yeah. It's, and I'm like, okay, I'll watch this movie, right? Mm-hmm. Then I saw oh. the, the new trailer. Yeah. And I don't want to see it again. <laughs> You're so fickle. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, why? What did the new trailer do that you don't like? Oh, it's... it's it's. I hate to say it because it's stupid. Whenever people hear me and they're like, "Oh, it's a comic book movie." Well, yeah, it's a comic book. That's my primary issue with it. Mm-hmm. I like when comic book movies take me away from that that idea of comic book. So, so in general, I like origin stories because the guy doesn't start out wearing mm-hmm. his underwear on the street. He has to get there somehow, and that. So, like for example, the the the. Zack Snyder, Man in Steel. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a cool movie until he becomes Superman. Then it just fucking ruins it for me. Yeah, but that's Smallville. Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, you like Deadpool, though, right? I like Deadpool because it's 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 weird enough and outside of the realm of what we normally think of as a superhero movie. I'm sure I'll love Logan, for example. I, mm-hmm. I you know I haven't seen it. But yeah, uh, but it, it's good. Yeah. So. Um, the new trailer just convinced me it was more comic book silliness, and I just I don't have time. Well, okay, my take is I'm 180 degrees away from Langley. I've liked all the trailers uh, for Wonder Woman. I like the character. Um, I think this movie might possibly go down as one of the better DC movies. Hopefully, uh, I think it would be good if it, that, that does happen. That's kind of like being the prettiest Denny's waitress. Right? I, I knew you were. Gonna well, say but the thing is, that's the point, right? Yeah. It's, it's DC's critic. It's DC gets movies that do well, but they have yet to get a, They have yet to really make a movie that's bought by the critics, the audience, and makes money. They mm-hmm. haven't instilled right? the love that Marvel has in a fan base. Absolutely yeah. correct. Marvel's made movies that the audience, the critics, like, and they've made money. Yeah. Their family. Right. The, DC, though, is talking about, with the success of Deadpool and Logan, they're kind of eyeballing a more adult, R-rated fair. Well, that's what they should have done with Suicide Squad, but they didn't, sure. you know, quite frankly, I don't think they had the balls to you, do it with R-rated, Suicide Squad. R-rated, ben, uh, Mel Gibson directed Batman. Real movie. stories. That's yeah. Like yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. I do. I've, I've read comics since I was a kid, so I'm a comic book fan. I I will not argue against people with comic book movies. Yeah, many of them are not really good, but but uh, um, but you know, I'm hoping this could do well. And and the origin story is kind of keeping in with the uh, Wonder Woman's been retconned a few times in mm-hmm. on her origin. So I'm not you know this may be more closer to the more modern telling of Wonder Woman as opposed to the earlier telling of Wonder Woman, but. You know, we'll see. And and also, too, Wonder Woman got her start in World 2. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they decided to go to World War 1. Right. Um, so so yeah. we'll see what I happens. Am interested, but, I, but I'm definitely in. I am interested about the time travel aspect there. Because, <laughs> because she appears in the Batman Superman movie. She's immortal, right? Yeah. Is she immortal? Yes, she is. Okay. Yeah. So, well, her original story is that she was made from clay. That's right? the, and she was... Go ahead. I was going to say that's the third cop-out. 
right? But but, but the the more modern one is she's descended from the gods. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a fourth papa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it looks it looks fine. I I the I can't see a lot of the, the kicky punchy stuff, but um, uh, I really like the, that theme going. That reminds me of some of the score to uh, Man from Uncle, which I sure. really like. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm I'm in until I see maybe the next trailer may put me in your more closer to your camp. Mm-hmm. But right now I'm kind of between y'all. I'm interested well, enough. Well, there's always movies that I'm going to see. You give me a bad trailer, but if I'm interested, I mean, like you give me if you give me Rough Night, yeah, I you know the trailer's got to really hit me for me to go see it, but. But like movies like Wonder Woman, I'm going to go see. You know, sure. I, just you can give me a bad trailer, I'm going to go see it. Alien Covenant, which we'll talk about, I'm going to go see it, whether the trailer's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Speaking of Alien Covenant, they released another trailer slash short film about Walter, the Michael Fassbender thing. And the more I see of it, the, I'm the more I'm I'm on board. Yeah, I it it looks great. I and I've always enjoyed this type of marketing where you're get, essentially giving us bonus features before the movie's mm-hmm. available on disc. Yeah. And it's giving you kind of a, a backstory. It's giving it's it's creating a quote unquote real viral video artificially. Mm-hmm. Um I I think it looks great. I, I you know and and it feels I, very alien. Some <laughs> people are pointing to Prometheus because they hated Prometheus so much and saying, Well they did the same with Prometheus. Remember all the Guy Pierce doing a TED Talk and all of that and how horrible that turned out to be. Well, I happen to love that movie. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like Prometheus quite a bit. And, I mean, I mean, it looks, you know, what, what I kind of liked is they have that sequence where they're sitting around the dinner table, someone starts to cough, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, 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 no, it's just a cough. Yeah. Right? Sometimes a cough is just a cough. Well, it's yeah. playing with and, expectations, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it looks like they'll have another strong female lead uh, in, in the movie. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe you guys can answer this because you... you probably pay more attention to it than I do, but I'm, I'm still a little, speaking of Prometheus, I'm, I'm still a little lost in that, is this, does this take place after Prometheus? Is Walter a remanufactured David, who was, that, that was the character in Prometheus? So what happens... Is he that character? Is he something different? He's something different. So what happens okay. is, David, from the first movie, winds up getting to that planet with Shaw. Something happens Correct. to Shaw, and she's not around now. But okay. in, in the meantime, he got repaired. And so now he's been the only denizen on this planet for however long. Walter is the next series in the Yulin, uh, what is it, Wieland Utani? Yeah, Wieland yeah. Utani um, uh, bio cyborg things. And, and they just happened, to, they just they stayed with his image. Hmm. So okay. Walter is a completely. So what's. What I'm thinking, what I'm hoping is going to give us an interesting contrast is that Walter is a little more human-like. If you remember, by the time we get to the first alien with, um, what's the character's uh, name? Uh, not Ash. Uh, Ash. Is it Ash? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Science Officer Ash. Yeah. Yeah. You can't tell them from people. Mm-hmm. In Correct. Prometheus, much the same, except that he's he's a little quirkier and he acts a little more like an alien might and he's a little I don't know different doesn't act like a somebody with the subtleties of emotion that Ash had mm-hmm. and so because I, these are prequel movies though right yeah, I mean are, they take place before Alien and that's Alien correct. correct that's yeah. correct and and that's one of those sad things whenever you get a movie that's made years later as a prequel well the tech in it looks 
better than the the, mm-hmm. the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I'm all aboard. I, I I think it looks great. One thing too, um, because when they talked about Prometheus after Prometheus came out. I have to admit, there, it raised a lot of intriguing concepts for me. And so when they talked about they talked about doing a sequel, which was going to follow the character to the planet with David. Mm-hmm. And so that seemed to be where they were going. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's been sh- that has that has that idea been shelved? Sounds is like this? It. Yeah. So we, we might not ever get to that. Uh, yeah, I would guess probably not. Uh, probably not. That was what, back before every you know so many people hated the. They the, might have might harvest some of the good ideas from it. But you know that movie did well enough to get a yeah, sequel. I absolutely. mean, despite that, the people you know barked yeah, about it. Yeah, but we've talked about that movie a lot on this show, and a lot of times it comes up, and and Langley's like this sole defender of it. But well, uh, I'll, I'll stand side by side with Langley. There you go. Word up. Word up. Yeah. Damn straight. Um, West Side. <laughs> Yeah, right on, my brother. So, uh, uh, have you seen anything this week that um, you want to recommend? Uh, for me, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I like Logan. It's a comic book movie, but um, uh, I, I kind of marveled at the fact that Hugh Jackman has played Wolverine now in basically nine movies. So yeah, he's he was in the first he was in the first three X Men films, and then the the next three prequels, and then the three standalone movies. I was reading um, what's interesting. Go ahead. The first one came out in 2000, so it's been 17 years that yeah. he's been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I kind of look at. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit nostalgic in a way because I feel like the, the, they'll obviously they'll make more of these movies and they'll have a different Wolverine. But I, I find it kind of fascinating that going back to when this was first cast, uh, people had a problem with Hugh Jackman. Right? They was too oh, yeah. tall. You know, there was uh, people had issues with it. They had misgivings. But people were calling but, for. People were calling for Glenn Danzig to play Wolverine. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. Is any guy with mutton top plays Wolverine? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it got kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But God bless him. I mean, he he took this role and he made it his own. And I kind of feel that he's done he's done to the Logan character, the Wolverine character, kind of what Sean Connery did for James Bond, right? Kind of created an indelible image in your mind of who this character is. Sure. And um, in this in this movie. Uh, some people, uh, I, I'm sure Langley hasn't read it because he's not a comic fan, but there's a comic story by Marvel called Old Man Logan, which was uh, came out some years back, and it was kind of famous. It was very popular. Um, this movie's not really that. So some people are thinking, like, oh, is it based upon Old Man Logan? No, it's not. Old Man Logan was definitely in the Marvel universe and dealt with Marvel characters, different topic. So I would say maybe the spirit of Old Man Logan is in this movie, Logan, but it's not that story. Having said that, I think it's a plot uh, that you guys and a lot of people who watch samurai movies or watch western movies will will find familiar. Um, so uh, it's a guy trying to just kind of give up the life, and he's brought back into it, kind of against his will. And he's uh, it's set in the future, uh, 2029. Mutants really aren't around too much anymore. Professor Xavier is now Patrick Stewart again. And he's losing his mind, so he's uh, he, he, yeah, so he's causing trouble, and uh, and it's rated R, so so uh, it's the first of the X Men movies. I mean, if, you, if I put Deadpool aside, this is the first X Men Wolverine movie that's rated R. So it's very gritty and very adult, and um, uh, it's very melancholy in some ways too. There are, you know, I'm not going to give away the ending, but I, I don't need know, no happy I don't know how many but. nerds I've heard say that they cried at the end of this movie. Well, um, I, I didn't cry 
and I would call myself a nerd, but but yeah, I could see why people. It's moving. I mean, and and there's one thing the movie does, which I don't think this is really a, a, a big giveaway, but it pays homage to the Western Shane. I mean, Shane plays a role. Uh, at least the the film Shane plays a role in this movie. Sure. Um, so I, I could recommend it for those out yeah, there who I, like I, comics, and those who don't, and those who just like good action movies. I uh, I also saw it, and uh, we're planning to do an entire show on it. Okay, cool. Um, oh. But I will say this. You hit it on the head earlier when you said real stories that happen to take place in a superhero sure. universe. And this is yeah. a prime example of that. Good. Um, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of homages all over the place to different stuff, and uh-huh. it, it dresses a lot of stuff that I think is inherently male and, and, and I don't mean that way in a, in a, in a bad way mm-hmm. it, it talks about not you, we get so many films about the, the, the obligation of motherhood and mm-hmm. this, this kind of deals a right. lot with the obligation yeah. of fatherhood well, I, I would argue that with I don't know maybe with being there but definitely years later with Fight Club mm-hmm a, a male of a certain age in America oh, was is it was suddenly tone. seen as uh, a demographic in and of themselves. Yeah. As opposed to you know. And I'll tell you this: we, my son and I went, yeah. and um, the theater that we were in was not full, but it was fairly well attended. Most of the people in the theater were male. Sure. And about two. So Two-thirds of the way through, there was a lot of sniffling going on, yeah. a lot of, like, well, wiping the with, eyes. It and... deals with these, these issues that for, and I don't know, maybe it's different now, but it, it, it seemed like that men couldn't talk about it. Um, yeah. And, uh, and there was kind of a rash of movies that came out, not as intense as Fight Club, but, like, um, mm-hmm. if you look at American Beauty. Sure, look at American History X. Yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of people yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look at American Psycho yeah a that, lot of people all, Scarface all deal with <laughs> uh, kind of some of the same issues yeah. in different ways yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah. and I, I gotta say too hats off to the casting of that young actress as oh, she's, X-23 she's right. she is she's incredible right. and she's the incredible thing is, the thing is that's important about it is that they, they someone finally asked the question that should have been asked at at, at the outset, mm-hmm. what would happen if someone had two foot razor blades at the end of their fists? Right. Um, it's it's Karambit's fighting on right. steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, this film gets that absolutely right. Um, what did you see? Um, so I went and saw Kong, uh, Soul Island, mm-hmm. and um, so I was trying. I was thinking, you know. As the movie, as the credits were rolling, I'm like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna talk about this? Um, I will say this: if you're a true Kong fan, you probably won't like this movie. Mm-hmm. If you are a Japanese kaiju giant monster fan, or an H.P. Lovecraft fan, I think you'll like this movie. Cool. Um, it's initially from the trailer, I said, "Predator meets a gaiju." Is that close? Yeah, similar. Yeah, okay. I just want to know that I was. Right. Well, I was. I was thinking about it. I was <laughs> By way of it. weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> I was thinking about it when you guys were talking about earlier. Like, here's a movie that is completely full of visual homages to, mm-hmm. um, primarily, um, Apocalypse Now. 
Oh, cool. Um, I, mean, I, I can mean, see that from the trailer. Even sure. even even so far as the poster, the poster art is yeah. Apocalypse Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, so Samuel uh, L. Jackson is a grocery clerk sent to deliver a message. That's ex- exactly not what happens. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Now, that's, now the, uh, so I I do have problems with it. In general, I like it. It's a fun monster movie. It's a return to monster movies like we used to see, where you don't got to think a lot, which was a big topic tonight with time travel films as far as Langley goes. Mm-hmm. There's just guys out there, and there's fucking big monsters, and that's always cool to me. Um, my issues are that Kong is just another giant monster. Now, they try to they try to give him something more than that, but there's so much crammed into this movie um, it, it, sometimes it feels like you're watching an edited film because mm. because there's so much stuff happening, you don't ever really get to know your characters the way that I want to. Like, as quickly as possible, they let you know, this is the uh, uh, gun-loving nut. This is the uh, tree-hugging... Central dude-go. casting. Yeah, exactly. They, they get that out of the way right away. Mm. And uh, so that you can go and enjoy the ride with the monsters, Good. which I... Which, which is cool. I get it. Um, being a, a a super Kong fan, I'm also like, oh, you're not, you know, you're not doing the character right because mm-hmm. Kong is a tragic character mm-hmm. and he um, has a lot more heart and depth than some of the actors in, in the original King Kong, um, and and that is all stripped away now. Matt, he's just he's a big monster on this island who does good, right? Um, I, I don't like the design. They intentionally made the design look like a guy in a suit. And of course, every you know the, the the idea is that we're leading up to King Kong versus Godzilla. So we've increased his size, like you know I don't know however many hundred. Yeah, he's Godzilla size. He's huge. He's Godzilla size. It's not like he's climbing up the Empire State Building. He stands half as tall as the Empire mm-hmm. State Building. Yeah. Um, so that's different. I didn't like that. I don't like. I like the idea that they use the whole Hollow Earth theory and Sky Island as this outlet for things that live down there. Okay. Um, but I didn't like that we're straying away from the idea of a prehistoric world where it's it's very weird Lovecraftian stuff now. These monsters are crazy, hmm. um, which is cool. But again, it's I think if you're thinking of this as one type of movie, you'll be disappointed or you'll be really happy. Just sep- if, if to Kong fans, if you go see this movie. This is not King Kong. This is not what you know and love. This is something different. Go and watch it as you would a Godzilla movie. Speaking of which, stick around after the nine minutes of credits because there is a stinger. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the whole thing is is a setup for what is the the plans are for yeah. for the whole franchise yeah, yeah, yeah. and what have you. So, Brian, yeah, and I think go ahead. As we say, I think Lenny kind of when I'm watching the traders I kind of agree with you Langley it's like I haven't seen it yet I'm looking forward to it but I'm thinking I'm going to walk away with just kind of what you said right it's it's like yeah it's it's not going to be a canon in no. a way but but it could be fun it's a giant monster yeah. movie well, it sounds like uh, it's establishing its own new canon but you know you yeah. you mentioned something um if I may may ask you um you said that this kong looks like a guy in a in a suit so, so Peter Jackson's King Kong. Let's just use that as a reference. Right. Uh, does it look worse than what they do there with the special effects, or because what, what do you mean by it looks like a guy in a suit? Okay. So, intentionally, the dimensions of this gorilla are not those of a real gorilla. Now, some would argue oh, okay. that they, they match the, the the original King Kong more because he wasn't really 
patterned after Real Gorilla either. Uh, Marion C. Cooper wanted some weird mix. But it, but anyway, yes, this King Kong feels much more like a man. For example, this King Kong never goes on all fours like a Real Gorilla does. He only walks. He walks upright. Oh. Um, he has a slimmer, more sloped head than a Real Gorilla does. Um, it 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 makes him look like, and I don't mean a guy in a suit is a bad thing. It makes him look like he could be played by somebody real. Guillermo del Toro had the same directive whenever they made the crease for Pacific Rim. Mm -hmm. He's like, you got to make it look like if we want, had wanted to, we could have made it like a Japanese monster movie. Right. And this King Kong definitely looks like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I mean, at Pacific Rim, I thought the monsters looked good. Oh, they, so, yeah. No, they look yeah. fantastic. It's just yeah. that we want the certain shape. We want, if somebody said you could put a guy inside that, you could. I got you. All right. Right on. Um, did, did we, we buzzed past Logan. Was there any other things you saw, Brian? I didn't want to... Uh, the the other thing I'd give a shout-out to, um, which I, I found to be kind of a fun movie, is uh, this movie um, called Get Out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and for the people... Uh, the guy who's the director is, is Jordan Peele, so he's one half of the comedy team of Key and Peele. Um, but don't let that uh, get uh, by you because he does a really good job with this movie, which uh, the, the basic setup is a, an interracial couple. They travel to kind of this mysterious um, location to visit a woman, the woman's parents, and her, her boyfriend is black. The community that he's in is mostly white, and the, the white people are a little strange. And so that's kind of the setup, and uh, Peel's able to uh, create a tension-filled movie with, um, with, uh, uh, by, by dealing with race as well, and has horror overtones, um, and everybody's uh, really, really good. So um, I I've think, heard nothing uh, but good things about it. Yeah, I, so I could, recommend, I could recommend that. One thing that's rather curious, as you guys may know, <clears throat> that Samuel L. Jackson's come out, and he's, he's been missed that... Um, British actors are getting uh, African-American roles that he feels should go to African-American roles, uh, okay. African-American actors. Okay. And, and, and I think that's very unfair because the guy in this movie is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's unfair too. And more importantly, I, it was demonstrated today watching Kong, uh, Skull Island. Um, he was the only character that I thought was miscast because no matter what role he plays, He's always, he's always a character. <laughs> he's always yeah. Yeah. And for me, yeah. it doesn't work as uh, uh, a guy in Vietnam who doesn't want to leave. Yeah, yeah. I just saw uh, The Legend of Tarzan just recently on Same HBO. Thing. And yeah, it's like they tone him down a bit. They tone him down a bit, but it's yeah, still, <laughs> still Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. When he delivers certain lines, you can still hear him saying, Motherfucker? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. In, in situations where it would totally yeah, not yeah. work. Nice to meet you, uh, Motherfucker Queen. Yeah. Sure. You know, Kong, I'm trying to be the good shepherd here. <laughs> uh, me. Continuing on, the ones I wanted to already talk about, Amy Schumer and uh, Logan. Sure. Um, uh, one movie I saw was a movie called 13. It's a remake of Teen Zemetti. Uh It's a cool idea. Men down on their luck play a game of Russian roulette where you don't put the gun to your head, you put the gun to the person next to you's head. Sure. And on, when the light goes out, everyone pulls a trigger. This new one has people like Michael Shannon in it and Jason Statham, and, and uh, it's a terrible remake. But the original 13 Zemetti was great. Okay. 
Don't ask me why it was on. Uh, I watched the other guy <laughs> with Will Ferrell, and of course I hated it. Um, two things I want to talk about, though. There's a Scandinavian film, I want to say, called New Kids Turbo. It's cut from the same cloth of like a DeAntward video or um, like a jackass thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, hilarious. Just guys that are fuck-ups. You know, it's... it's um, Trailer Park Boys. Is it is it a narrative or? Yeah, it's okay. It yeah, they're a bunch of friends and it's a loose narrative. Okay, but okay. goofy shit happens okay. and, it, and it's hilarious. And the other thing is, Wim Wenders did a, a sort of a love letter, for want of a better word, to a um, choreographer named Pina. I forget her last name, but P, the film is yeah, called Pina. Pina. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. The, the the music is, is great. The dancing is great. There's not much of a narrative other than here are a bunch of set pieces that mm-hmm. take place in the world of dance. It's a great movie to put on while you're kind of dozing off on the couch and, and just want to see some pretty pictures. Sure. That move. Uh, really liked it. Really, really liked it. If Heather um, was here, she'd tell you what uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is for. <laughs> well, I there just... is one other movie I can mention, but it's a real old school movie. Sure. Uh, all right. Uh, so here locally, I'm in, in San Jose, and we have CineQuest going on. So uh, at one of the local theaters that's an old theater that they've, they've refurbished, uh, during CineQuest they usually play like an old school movie. So this one was Flesh and the Devil, 1926. Uh, it's kind Ooh. of Greta Garbo's breaking wow. out. Wow. And, and I have cool to admit, right? Was oh, it, it was. Was it like in 35 and the whole thing? Yeah, it's, it's, full, yeah, it's, it's wow. at full screen, That'd be full great. screen, so large screen. And then you have a guy playing an organ, so he's doing the entire score. That's cool. And this guy's great. He plays the and I was organ. in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But I got to tell you, man, okay, so this is made in 1926. I had not seen this movie. I was looking forward to it. And even though, you know, you can tell it's, it, you know, it's not by today's standards, but Greta Garbo, man, she does yeah. more with her eyes than any actress I've ever yeah. seen. And it's 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 hard to, to you know not understand why well, it's when you, you know see people stuff like would that. not like to watch this actress. I mean, she she was really really good in it. So so it's a movie that I would recommend. You, know, you might not get a chance to in the big screen, but Flesh and the Devil. If you like silent movies and you like Greta Garbo, check it out. It's those performances that when you see it, you totally understand why the legend is the legend. It's like well, uh, Rita yeah. Hayworth and Gilda. When as soon as you yeah. see Gilda, you go, oh, I totally get it. Or the Outlaw, J- uh, Jane Russell and the Outlaw. It's like. Yeah, I totally get why this was yeah. important. And, and I got to say, because most of my silent viewing film viewing has been mostly on DVD or tapes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I've seen two now uh, silent movies. Uh, one was Abel Gantz's Napoleon, which is like a four-hour epic, and, and it actually has I it actually that. goes widescreen. Yeah, it's amazing. And you, I saw it with like a live orchestra. And um, I have to admit, when you watch these movies. You really kind of get the feel that what, what people might have thought, you know, like you know, basically ninety years ago, right? Yeah. It's like you see them on the big Speaking screen. It's, it's it's an amazing experience. So if you love film, of, uh, try to catch them on the big screen. Speaking of time travel, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I see. Yeah, you did. I, uh, I went back. And... <laughs> what are you What are you working on? Um, I'm working on something I can't talk about, and oh, good. I'm... Or or you'd kill us. Yeah. And, and Dottie. But at, but at work, at the day job, I'm working on some cool cosplay stuff, making some crazy belts and spearheads and axes and stuff like that. Right on. And Brian, you got anything you want to plug? No, no. Just uh, just uh, Flesh and the Devil, Logan, and, uh, and Get Out. All right. Me, uh, go to Amazon, please, buy my books, because Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. 
Um, I'm, Isn't it your baby that needs a new pair of shoes? Uh, my babies are now not any babies anymore. Um, I'm in the middle of the edit for Stringer Pearls, and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm. it's coming together much better than I thought it was Yay. going to be. Uh, and then in April, I dive deep for the No Flesh Shall Be Spread sequel. Um, Crypticon is in the, the Crypt- May 5th and 7th. Right. I will be there on the 6th and 7th. I will be there as well. And I know we're going to be doing some panels we're together. We're going to do some panels. We're and gonna I know some, we're going to do something special. Yeah, we that, are. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that, is that, uh, Crypticon, is that local? I'm yeah, it's up in, near SeaTac. Oh. Um, it's like just south Seattle. of Seattle. It's between Seattle and Tacoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess they're 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 hauling in a bunch of Romero people, a bunch of Return of the Living Dead people. Yeah, uh, let me just say this now to anybody listening: if you are in the Pacific Northwest area, you need to go see George Romero. You need to go. Yeah, uh, yeah. He won't be around much longer. Yeah, and you is, need to go pay your pay respects. You need to. Oddly enough, I I don't know for sure, and I might be talking out of school, but I think. Um, when they, someone's going to do a one-on-one with them, yeah, and that someone is me. I hope so. So, all right, I've done it before, and so I'm, I'm hoping that that's going to go well. All right, so don't forget face- to talk about time travel movies with him. I will. <laughs> uh, uh, so go to our Facebook page and all of that, and um, we're on Twitter and all that other stuff. So see us there. All right, episode 114. Bam. All right, for the bonus material podcast, I'm In Tom Carnell. Now, yeah, I'm Brian Ellison. <laughs> And I'm Langley West. Stay scary.